Hey guys, thanks for downloading our podcast. This is the Thunk Tank Podcast. If it's your first time listening, uh, we basically, you know, a Thunk Tank is is a, a combination of, of a think tank with craft beer. So uh, we, we try to drink enough craft beer to keep it silly, but try to get some honest, good thinking going at the same time. So if you like craft beer and you like usually interesting conversations that go off the rails and then get back on the rails and then fall off again and re- repeat that cycle over and over. You'll probably like this podcast. Uh, so welcome to any new listeners. Uh, this episode we had on composer Nathan Hudson. So uh, we talked a lot about music and composing, but Nathan's also super into craft beer. In fact, he's the person that got me interested in craft beer in the first place. So um, we talked a lot about just a few, you know, probably the first 45 minutes all about craft beer and then we kind of related it to um, the word craft as it gets used in all sorts of creative ways and and art especially with music you know he talked a lot about how different styles of music evolved and got accepted or rejected over over you know the past hundred years you know what defines what is good when it comes to beer or music or wine you know anything artistic Um, is it totally subjective or are there some objective ways to measure art and and things in that kind of, you know, things we usually consider subjective, but when you're in the field, you have objective ways to measure what is good, what is bad, what is bullshit. So uh, we talked a lot about that. Uh, listen through. Also, uh, he had us compose this little improv music piece around three quarters of the way through. Uh, that was very silly. Uh and at the very end, we also talked to him about hip-hop music a little bit. Uh, he's super into hip-hop music, and I think we'll probably just do a whole episode devoted to that in the future. So we just touched on it a little bit right at the very end. Uh, other things. Check out our blog. We do have a blog where we write out you know, uh, some more detail and longer things related to the topic we talk about. That's at thunktankpodcast at wordpress.wordpress.com. Uh, um, some of them are super short, like a paragraph, and some... I just, you know, went crazy one night and wrote like 10 pages. Uh, so check that out. And lastly, thank you to our Patreon supporters. Uh, we've been building up a good support of Patreon little by little, and that's helping us keep the podcast hosted. It's helping us upgrade equipment. So hopefully you've noticed our equipment has gotten better little by little. Uh, so consider supporting us there, patreon.com slash podcast. Links to those are always in the episode notes. And lastly, the easiest way to help us out is to give some ratings or reviews wherever you listen and, you know, share it with people who you might think enjoy it. Um, that's the best way to, to share a podcast is to get a personal recommendation, I think. So uh, enjoy this episode with composer Nathan Hudson. Attention, humans. This is a thunk tank. Please insert this podcast directly into your nearest orifice for viewing pleasure. Okay, you ready? Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Thunk Tank. (laughs) Welcome to the Thunk Tank. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. Welcome, come into our, come into our Thunk Tank. Luke, don't switch (laughs) to the other peanuts. (laughs) Welcome to the Thunk Tank. Come in the tank. We're thinking, and we're thinking, <laughs> and we're thunked, and we're thunked. Oh my god, I'm probably more beer than man.
if we go far enough back at this point. At all. You know, and just start stirring, stirring. It's live. Stirring. Wait, is it really live? Yeah. I think. Oh, God. I think I'm going to talk about. I think I'm more Southern than Nathan. If you're going to talk about stirring meat, I'm not going to not hit record. I technically am from farther south than you. Welcome to the Thunk. Tanky wanky, my Frankie oh my Bankies. Wow. Yeah, that, that was worth waiting for. <laughs> oh my God. That's and ladies wow. and gentlemen, that's how you open Funk Tank Podcast. So welcome. So we have a very special guest uh, today. A returning guest of the podcast. Because yeah. he's so good. Um well he's he's great because he's he from brought, Georgia. He brought five amazing beers with him. That's a that's a, a Thunk Tank podcast guest record, I think, right? Yeah. I'm taking all strikes off your record now. So, of course, I'm talking about composer, friend, craft beer. Uh, musician Asaur. Musician Asaurus Rex Nathan Hudson. Welcome, <laughs> Welcome back to Thunk Tank. I'm going to give him a little clap. That's how. That's, that's a pretty how good title. Yeah. Oh, thanks for uh, having me back on the podcast, y'all. Yes. And we, uh, have, yeah. we, have, we have Johnny Genie back with us, too. Hey, hey, kids. Uh, back with us? What do you mean? I don't know. I'm just trying to make, make things exciting. <laughs> You We're don't back. have to act like, yeah, like I'm guaranteed given. Make it sound like it's something extra. You're welcome, everybody, <laughs> for, for me being Yeah, but you're a genie. Yeah. Like, you come to and fro. Like, you never know where you're going to be. Oh, I'm, I'm froing all over. See, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it sounds like genie talk. So Joe's back up from being at, at Johnny's place. So we're at a, that's right. a normal cast where it's just uh, Johnny alone. He's probably naked, as he usually is when we record these. Well, genies are naked, right? And do they wear? What do they wear? Do they wear the something? clothes are just their skin, like projecting clothes? Are genies blue? Do they, or is that just Aladdin? That's the wear? Disney ones. Did yeah. he have pants or like just a turban or some p- shit? He he had a wispy little tail because he was linked to the lamp. <laughs> he didn't get legs until he was freed from the lamp. But uh, he had little like. Uh, gauntlet what kind of things. metaphor is that? Little he weapons. had little gold bla- bracelets that turned out to be like part of his chains. I think. Oh, I think they that's break right. When he gets free. Yeah, because they broke off oh, when he was like set free. But then he just had legs and he was running around in the desert. I don't remember that part. Yeah, he's. If you watch Aladdin, he's the guy at the beginning telling the story. No, he's not. Yeah, he is because he has the lamp there and he's telling the story because the lamp is just is is, uh, you know. It's just a thing. Nathan, what do yeah. you think? There's Wait, a, there's the a whole other I story. There was, wasn't there like an older guy who you're introduced to who's like at the market who begins the story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the genie. He still has some of his powers. He's just freed from the lamp. Wait, and he's like an old dude at the end of it? Well, he's not going to go around as a blue guy in, you know, 800s Middle Eastern play times. He's going to get rightly, you know, ran out of town. Be like, why are you floating an inch above the ground in light blue? And why are you blue? And why do you sound like Robin Williams? But why is free? Yeah, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying those apples from you because something's up with them too, I bet. But why does getting free involve like legs? Like I'd rather be able to fly like a genie. Yeah, but you can't fly and you can't fly away from the lamp unless it's part of your lamply duties. Well, you know. All right, I'm gonna get us back on the rails and ask you, Johnny, what what beer are you drinking? <laughs> uh, I'm drinking a beer from New Belgium uh, Brewery, 100% employee owned craft brewery from Fort Collins, Colorado. Uh, they got one in Asheville, North Carolina, too, for the East Coasters. Nice. But it's the Hemperer. It's their hops and hemp rain. Together at last, it's a HPA, a hemp pale ale, hmm. and they use hemp hearts 
uh, with the hops. So it kind of does have a hempy music festival flavor to it. Is it still illegal uh, to grow hemp in the United States? I think so, right? It, yeah. It, it isn't technic. I mean, technically it is, and you can get these special things to grow it. Uh, but it's so prohibitive, the cost. Like, you need to have razor wire around it. It has to have oh, security really? cameras. And, like, yeah, you have to have lights on it at night. Like, is you have to treat it. You have to treat weed. it like it's as as if... No, because you can't even do that with weed for research purposes. You have to yeah. treat it like if, if... You know what I mean? If somebody climbed over the fence and touched it, they would die from it, you know? <laughs> so, Johnny, I want to just real quick... Um, so, yeah. you said it has a music festival taste. Uh in yeah. three adjectives, what would that be? And you can't use weed adjectives. Wow, laying down the law. I like it. Wait, what's a weed adjective? I don't so know. So it's like sort of like an. Cool it's like man. an earthy. Er- it's an earthy herbal. Well, I can't say it's weedy. <laughs> uh, it's an earthy kind of herbal, grassy. You can't sweat say any of those <laughs> either. That's a hard. Well, those all f- pop up at music festivals. That that you know, there's some mm-hmm. crunchy earthy people which is the nice way to say yeah if you've ever been to a music festival which um me johnny joe and some of the other people you've heard on this podcast probably we were all at a fish festival for three days they're going back they're going back to watkins Glen this year i thought about going wait are you serious too far yeah Dude, I would totally go back to that. That was a, a crazy time. So if you've been to a festival <laughs> like that and someone says it smells like that, you know what that means. Yeah. It smells like dirty hippies, but if you didn't care that it smelled bad. Interesting. Yeah, the beer sounding yeah. really appealing. All right, Jody, you now. Well, what do you think? Three adjectives. I, I meant, I meant the clouds of weed smoke, too. Oh, the clouds That's of kinda... weed smoke. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm more that was oh, part of yeah, it, the too. Dirty you just said I wasn't are... allowed to. Yeah, the dirty You said I wasn't allowed to use those in my description. That's true. I did say that. What am I describing in three adjectives? Uh, or feel a music festival smell. Oh God! Um, rank, <laughs> foot, balls. I was I was gonna say That's a noun, but you know I was gonna say. Is, well, so is, is foot. foot? <laughs> is foot? Yeah. I was gonna say. What Johnny? Fair what, point. Have a foot day. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um, so. What what beer did we have before? We we had one beer as we were setting up. Uh, what, what was yeah, it? what beer what beer are you guys drink? Yeah, what do you got here, Nathan? Son? So um all four of us are doing kind of a round robin share on all these beers, and so our oh, first yeah. was a beer called Four Year from our good friends at Finback Brewing Company in Queens. This was their four year anniversary uh IPA. It's a triple IPA Is that the hopped. one we picked up on Friday? Yeah, exactly. Fuck yeah. Wait, yeah. so why do they call it that? Uh why is it called Four Year? I'm just kidding. You just explained. <laughs> Sorry, God. I was like, Johnny, uh, yeah, you Nathan, must have had a long day. Nathan, he's he's warming up it's for the It's a new character. <laughs> yeah. I'm working on guy who doesn't get it. No, he's, so, he's That's actually property. a great character, the guy who doesn't get it, like, even though it's the easiest fucking thing to get. No, I like that, though. Um, yeah, so this is... Uh, Wait, but Luke, it's a character. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Wait, Luke. so is the character that you do it on purpose, Johnny? I don't quite get it. Sorry, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Luke, I think you just answered your own question. He's always going to out not get it to me. <laughs> no, yeah, I actually wait. am confused. I'm just glad it works with the character. <laughs> so we're drinking. What? It's uh, a triple IPA dry hopped with mosaic, citra, amarillo, columbus, and both mosaic and citra lupulin powder. And for those at home who are not aware Dude. what lupulin powder is, if you were to take the hop plant and you kind of deconstruct it and you let that dry out, there's a yellowy, powdery substance 
it, it makes you trip balls. It, let's say you've ever it's, been to a state where weed is legal. It's it basically has, hash. Yeah, it's, it's hop basically hash. that. Oh, does it really? <laughs> I just assumed from his description it makes you trip balls. I didn't actually know. Oh, I mean, well, I, I'm just the, saying it's the same plant powder. It's like, yeah, sure. Like, I, I didn't know. Yeah, like the the keef at the bottom of a grinder or something like that. You know, I'm not familiar. Yeah, with that it's term. basically hop keef. It's the lupulin is is where all the aromatics hang out. It's it, it, inside the the hop cone. Yeah. So yeah, cool. they find a way to extract it. So sure. you can throw a shitload into beer without any vegetable material. So you can get it a quote quote hoppier taste, but without throwing a bunch of leaves in your beer basically right. it was also it. uh an unused spell in the harry potter franchise i heard really <laughs> oh. yeah what was the full spell nathan i don't know so uh this <laughs> nathan's like i got nothing lupulus lupulus pass me that beer blueless no it'd be lupulin glandus because it's the lupulin glandus. Glands. i like that so this yeah. second uh beer we're, we're we've just cracked oh, shit. uh we'll get to the other ones as we crack them um, this is a, a new beer by Sand City, released on Sunday, I believe. Mm-hmm. Today is what? I don't know what day it is. It's, it's a weekday. Tuesday. It's Tuesday. So is it really? Just God, a few days ago. Thursday. Uh, it's called Manhands. It's a double dry hopped IPA with Nelson, Mosaic, and Comet Hops. Comet Hops. I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that either. Johnny, Johnny have you? Yeah, Johnny, what do you got for us? Uh, yeah, <laughs> sounds like a sea hop. Well, let me look it up real quick. What's a sea hop? There's a whole family of hops that like kind of get named with C words because they're from the same like genetic strain. Oh, oh interesting. B- but they're not like C level or like at C level. It's not like I don't think it's like A B C. No. It's yeah. also it's kind of worth pointing out that this Manhands beer is a collaboration with a brewery called Barrage Brewing. Also here. I thought it was Barrier Brewing. Is it Barrier? Is it? Uh, I thought uh, it was Barrage. Barrage? Barrage. It's indeed Barrage. Oh, it is Barrage. Yeah, Barrage bring from... But they they collab with Barrier, too, don't they? Yeah, they have, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they collab with a lot. Um, Cool. Collaborations are cool. I mean, it's almost like any kind of... In any kind of art, when you collaborate, like, you're saying, like, here's how I approach things. Here's how you approach things. Let's meet in the middle and, like, get the best of both worlds. Actually, Johnny, maybe you have some insight on this, because I've always wondered about beer collaborations. Do you know, like, how that actually works? Like, what actually happens? Does, like... Two brewers just like hang out and they figure out some sort. Like, so they the have to name? find out exactly uh, whatever the halfway point is between the two breweries, and they actually build a brand new brewery. That no, I'm uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm like squinting, like where is he going? You said Joe's face. He was into it. He was. Like, I was like, oh, maybe yeah. it's a metaphor. Yeah. No, it's good that there's no camera, but it's also bad because you guys would have caught me. I was I had a stupid shitty grin on my face. Yeah, it doesn't help that your default picture when your when your video is isn't a cow. working. Yeah, it's like a furry cow. Yeah, it's so a Highland. When cow. Johnny yeah. Johnny doesn't have video for <laughs> Skype, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, and his his picture is is um, surprisingly close to looking like Johnny. Yeah, no, it's not far <laughs> off. It really isn't that far <laughs> off. No. Yeah. But yeah, it's just red hair. It's a little more red than but, mine. Yeah. But yeah, so what can you tell us about uh, collaborations? Uh, so collaborations are pretty big, and uh, especially in the craft beer world, like, you know, who just did a big one? Sand City and Burial? They're in totally different parts of the yeah. country. They're not right. really in competition with each other. Uh, so it's, it's a way to kind of share uh, fans, you know. But what, a bunch what are of burial they actually drinkers sharing are from their own breweries? Just like their like, philosophy? Oh, so or- it's... It generally, whoever hosts it, one of the breweries has to decide to host, and whoever hosts it gets kind of say about 
you know, packaging and releasing and, and stuff like that. But it all depends. If you're inviting someone to do a collaboration, you know, they might you, you might be like, hey, we want you to come do something here. We want to do one of your beers, not one of ours. So yeah, right. Sure. Do you, you know, like that. Um, but, yeah, you you know, they work on it and you get together and you uh, you make the beer at one of the brew houses. And you probably, Some like, like to enjoy do each other's company and, and, and just get absolutely. drunk and stuff. Well, there it's, are. Yeah, I mean, it's just to see how different how you approach the process too from different ways right it's a chance to get to see different equipment so you know you're not using your own equipment all the time and you get boxed in with thinking about how things work with your stuff right. you know and there um, are also like keep, i know like the more like actual hard collabs like i just heard of one there's a brewery in texas called jester king and a brewery in california called casa agria and they has collabed on a wild ale and i know that um at Jester King, they asked Casa Agria like to bring some of their wild strain, like to put into the beer that was brewed in Texas at Jester King. Cool, oh, yeah. interesting. And so they actually brought. Oh, so that's a part very that's very like regional cross collaboration. Sure, yeah, too. that's cool. I like that. Now, well, yeah. Now, one thing, Jester Johnny, King that, like, is... I thought was really interesting was you mentioned how how often these breweries are not near each other, so it's not necessarily a competition. But in New York, all the time, these breweries are are collabing. Um, mm. Yeah, but you're 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 not in com- you're not in the same competition because you're th- there's just so many people, you know. Oh, sure, in, a, sure, in, a, in a place like New York, for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 just good then because now you're getting exposure from each other's. Yeah, and there fans, are some breweries you know, out here who don't collab, like True. single. Cup. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I mean that could just be a decision of of the someone high enough in charge who's like, ah, it's not my that's not my jam. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a big thing. It's like, hey, can we like come over and learn all your trade secrets? Like, to some yeah. people, yeah. they're not cool. They're not cool with that. But the the um, market's so like inundated with craft beer. I feel like you you would kind of be a fool not to collab because it's almost like making an alliance, isn't it? It's and, cool. I do like the vibe yeah. because it, it almost it's like, hey, we're in this for the craft of the thing, not but, for but, yeah, our exactly. own. Like, there's there's also like like craft beer. There's always new people coming to it. Yeah. It's really still yeah, pretty small. I think most. Like uh, the domestic beer market is still the big guys like Miller. I think Bud and Miller oh, are, are, they're, yeah. are still like seventy percent or eighty percent. So as big as craft beer has gotten, yeah, it's still small. And it you know compared to liquor and wine sales, I think it's even smaller. So I think uh, with the type, it's a of- good. It's just good to get more exposure and because there's there's so many types of beers. There's beers wine drinkers like will like. There's yeah. uh, you know high gravity beer that. Oct- uh, like cocktail drinkers would like, I just people don't don't know about it or don't know well, how to get craft, into it. Craft beer has an advantage, I think, where like their fans and their followers, they're very passionate, and I, I just maybe that exists in like wine and and liquor worlds, but I, I know people who are into both of those, and it's like I think that's even that's way more niche than the craft beer world for sure. The right? wine, the wine world, to me at least, from being outside of the wine world maybe that's the reason but it seems a bit more like <laughs> well it's, you know? and it's more like restaurant people it's like it's just i don't know it's, it's people that are just a little bit less chill about about it you know like they're, they're they're like in it more for the like 
I don't know. A lot of people go to classical music concerts, and I almost feel like they're there just to tell their friends, like, oh, yes, we're donors at the New York Philharmonic, and we yeah. go to every show, and we sit in the first tier. And It's like it's more for the bragging rights than but, the But nobody goes to, like, a wine it. release and waits online for, well, I do you know, think, though, hours that, and hours. Yeah, like they, they signed up for the release, like, a year ago by <laughs> mail or some right, shit. Right, because there's do think, five though, of them, that, and they're rich. Yeah. That it... It is a geographical thing, though, because oh, probably, if, you, to some extent. if you go like to Europe and these places, you know, right, yeah. the what is grown there initially and kind of I think I mean, I haven't done like enough research on this like to really speak academically about it. But I believe yeah, over wrong, there. Man. It's OK. It's a thunk tank. You know, you're like qualified. The, <laughs> yeah, we only like require the... <laughs> half research. You're good. Um, awesome. No, we but, you know, the word required. All the vineyards over there, that was just a natural part of the land. And yeah. over here, while we do have vineyards in this country, areas that can grow hops are much more plentiful. And so it's kind of something that really comes from our land, whereas in Europe, the wine really comes from that land. And I've not gone to Europe, actually, or hopped on that wine culture, but I think it is not at the same level or like 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 kind of interactions as the US craft beer scene but i think it is pretty important there though it also has a, a yeah. much a bigger history that, that Absolutely. goes back in time and so it's just had longer for it to catch on in culture and for it to yeah. become like an academic thing where people you watch these those documentaries on netflix about the people studying for the the uh, Somalia exams. Oh, that's a crazy document. It's called yeah. SOM, right? Oh, my god! And there's also a, a, a follow-up called SOM More, is it? Yeah. Something like that? Or <laughs> SOM More. <laughs> it's pretty clever. Yeah, it's also, yeah, it's, called, like it's also called to go fuck yourself. It's something clever, but, you know, I, I mean, on, on one level, you watch a documentary like that, and you see what these people are tasting, and it, it, on one level, I want to call bullshit, but on another level, I'm like, damn. I feel like, like you can't I wish call bullshit, that exists. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like, because... They they get blind tested and and they're able to like taste a wine blindly yeah. and then tell they're, you what year it's from what um, region it's from. But you can't even do that much with beer. Is, yeah, you can. I mean, people. No, get but I mean, like, absolutely. There's a there is a version for beer. It's called the Cicerone yeah. program. Well, that, so there and you go. Then it's it's, it's the, the beer version of Somaliang, which you have to to get it. You have to know all the styles there are. Uh, you know, you have to be able to spot them. You have to be able to spot off flavors too. You do like blind tests, triangle tests, where one is different than the other two, and you have to figure out what's different and which one it is. And during uh, the exam, you aren't allowed to whine about it. Uh, okay, guys, uh, something came up. We have to end the episode. <laughs> yeah, we actually we, have, we gotta to, have a uh, talk with Nathan. Nathan. <laughs> we'll be right back after these commercial messages. My comment is going to have some grape repercussions. Okay. Um, I think oh we God. just kick him out at this point. <laughs> yeah, I can. Yeah. I can barley handle this. <laughs> wow. Oh, no. All right. No, oh, we're God. back, ladies now, and gentlemen. Now, yeah. what? What? I do want to say. <laughs> no, is Nathan, that hop to it. I f- oh. <laughs> oh God. Now the pressure's on me. <laughs> yeah, Luke, you got it. You got to deliver, baby. Is that? Um, <laughs> come on, Luke. That's the yeast you can. Make. <laughs> come on, Luke. <laughs> Luke, you're fucked. <laughs> Outside of um, let's put this in a beer can and leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yes, that's how it's gonna end. Outside, yeah. Luke outside. ended on the lowest note possible. Good job, Luke. My Way skill is that's definitely good. not in coming up with puns on the spot. That's just not my uh, in my yeah. in my beer. Yeah, Luke, Luke, you're, Luke, you're, Luke. I'm sorry, but we 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 just psychically talked about it, and you're kicked out of the podcast. Oh, my God. Uh, Anyways, uh, so you uh, got the Cicerone program. But, but I do for, want to say also For, for that, beer tasting. Yeah. But you also have people who are like, nah, fuck that. Like, I've been just making beer. Or I've been drinking beer for long enough. Like, I don't, 
I, I don't need that. That's bullshit. So you, you have both. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. There, there's, there's the same way there's wine drinkers who are like, yeah, fuck your sommeliers. They're full of shit. Well, there's probably a lot yeah, of wine it, drinkers, too, who are like, oh, beer? Like, there's, there's nothing, you know, intuitive about beer tasting and figuring sure. out, you know, so... So I mean, there's snobs well, beer the is historically a barbarian drink. Yeah. And That's just how it was well, defined I, throughout history. Wouldn't it be and fair wine to say was, beer drinkers like it today generally seem to like be, be the more like rowdy type crowd, whereas wine drinkers, although you can get wasted on wine, obviously they tend to be more classy with their consumption. I think over the span of if you look at society, at least here in America yeah. for sure, right? Yeah. yeah. I think that's just You aren't uh, drinking uh, wine at NASCAR. That's <laughs> yeah. that's a it's thing we unfortunately inherited when the French invaded the English because uh, it's it's in the language too because beer is for the common uh um uh Anglicans or whatever and they're the Saxons, yeah, the Saxons were the ones who invaded, right? Uh, they, you know, they yeah, brought their guys. like fancy. It, it, it's in throughout English in general. Like that's why to uh, like beef is a French word because that's you know the prepared version of it, oh, yeah. and cow Oof. is an English word. Uh, like beer versus wine, it, it was just it just certain things got got you know reserved for like meaning fancier than the other, and uh, that was like the. It's just a weird thing of the English well, that, language. But yeah, it's definitely a thing between too, yeah. one kind of really beer interesting and thing I think that might kind of be like related to that um, is that like going back on the concept of, of, of beer collabs is that there have even been recently, especially a collabs that happened between a brewery and some other organization that's not beer. Um, the most well known recently has been. Um, there's, oh, yeah. There's a brewery up here in New York called Innerborough Spirits and Ales uh, that released a beer called uh, Stay Gold, which they kind of then a co-released and they a co-brewed with a bunch of other breweries across the country. And it was initially a collaboration between their brewery and the hip-hop duo Run the Jewels. And it was really? a collaboration. Yeah, they called it on the can a collaboration, which is really fascinating. So let me just say, um, I like it. What, you just brought this up. Don't let me forget to ask you, Nathan, about hip hop before we end the episode because oh, I, I know you're really into hip hop. Oh, I didn't know that, but uh, I sure. really want to know what he thinks <laughs> about hip hop. I do want to get into yeah. like music in general with Nathan, but yeah, we've been talking about composer. craft beer for a while. Um, uh, I just kind of wanted to ask a wild question about craft beer, but first tell us, we just cracked a beer. What is that beer? Yeah, so we just cracked a beer here called Padaman, which is also from our friends at Finback, not a sponsor yet. Um, <laughs> like, share, and subscribe. <laughs> and this is... Uh, you got the job, Nathan. Yeah. Thank you. And this is a Peach Guava Milkshake IPA, and it is a collaboration with Commonwealth Brewery. And uh, this beer, so it's a milkshake IPA, which has been a style of beer that's kind of exploded in the last probably yeah. two or three years that was kind of spearheaded by a brewery called Tired Hands out of Philadelphia where the initial idea was that that brewery, Tired Hands, actually collabed with a brewery called Omnipolo. And that's why you collab. And and they released a beer called Double uh, a Vanilla Milkshake IPA, I believe like was the first one. And basically, it's just an IPA with a shit ton of lactose, which is a pretty um, a common ingredient now in like a lot of beers, like lactose and lactose sugar, but also just a bunch of other adjuncts. Um, and adjuncts for for non craft beer people are, are just 
you know, when you add something that isn't a standard ingredient to beer into it, like you add a bunch of vanilla to give it vanilla flavor or coconut. Yeah, yeah. I think it's anything that's. Flavor. I think it's anything that's technically like non-malt. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. So it can be fermentable and like non-fermentable. Lactose is a sh- sugar that's not fermentable, uh, and it gives it a nice creamy taste. So that's a good one to add because you don't have to worry about the yeast eating it up. Yeah, Whereas for sure. honey. Honey is like 95%, 96% fermentable. So when you try to add honey to a beer, oh, it just kind of dries it out. It doesn't really, the f- honey flavor doesn't make it to the finished product. Fermentable, by the way, for non-chemistry uh, remembering high school. I said that sentence out of order. but I was going to say, um, but isn't isn't this you who you're describing? No, no. I, I remember pretty a lot of chemistry. But when, 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 I don't. Um, yeah. okay. when we talk about fermentation, right, it's, yeah. It's the eating of sugar that turns into that leaves a byproduct of the alcohol. That's how things become alcoholic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeast basically breathes oxygen in and eats sugar coming in, and then it breathes out CO two and shits out alcohol. So it's the the best case scenario uh, for global warming. Exactly. So this beer is really delicious, and it's it's very. It's it's not a style that I think I would like naturally gravitate towards. Yeah. eh. But in this one, it's very delicate. Yeah, because we've had some before uh, that. You haven't really been a fan of. Yeah, I've just kind of thought like there's a beer from Aslan that we had out of um, outside of DC that you were yeah, not that, a huge that fan beer, of. That beer, do you remember the name? Uh, Johan needs a bigger broat. Johan needs a bigger broat. So is there um, an acronym for that? That uh, beer for me was just too sweet. <laughs> not it, gonna happen. <laughs> it almost tasted like I was having like ice cream mixed into beer kind of thing, you know. Mm. Um, anyways, this is super delicate. Uh, yeah, really dig it's it. Really great. We had it on tap on it's Friday, right. and now we're having it here. It's pretty good. So it's a. Uh, it's isn't it basically just part of the uh, does it would you say it falls under the whole umbrella of the New England style the hazy IPA no well the haze definitely not well the haze I mean it definitely is a hazy beer it is a hazy beer but I think that the concept of a milkshake IPA I mean it began in Philly and then it kind of I think equally sprouted in like a lot of parts of the country like a lot of breweries have their own takes like Luke and I just had one from Georgia from that brewery uh, there's a breed on Georgia called Cherry Street Brewing, and we had like a tangerine popsicle milkshake IPA, and there nice. yeah. are a lot right. out of California and a lot like out of Texas and then all over the place. So I don't know if 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 that's exactly a New England thing, but but this beer is definitely hazy, and uh, it's definitely hazy though, Johnny, in terms of yeah, like fitting hazy. in in the umbra- the well, large umbrella of the category of hazy absolutely well, the, IPAs. The, you look at the body. Well, of he- it Heady Topper was the first spot. one, right? That's that's why they call it the New England. Heady Topper, yeah. Up, yeah, that was the it's up in Vermont. The yeah. original the, gangster IPA. Uh, uh, Alchemist's heady topper. They used to tell people just drink it straight from the can. They still they do. Thought which, if you, you, which you gotta love, like on the back of their can too. They say, "Don't be a douchebag. I drink out of the can." Right? Is that what it says? Or so recycle this can? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. You know why they said that? Because they knew if you poured it out, you would look at it and go, "Ooh, this beer went bad," <laughs> and it would affect your. You know what I mean? Yeah. You drinking it, but if you just drank it straight from the can, you'd be like, "Wow, this is so hoppy and wonderful." Yeah, and and but, that that I think now we we understand like if you see. When you pour a lot of these craft beer IPAs, you see so much like shit floating around in it, right? Oh, I love. Which, I by love the way, is one of the reasons yeah. they age so fast because, like, yeah, it, you know, like when you make a French press coffee, that's why you so much cold stuff in there still beer. extracting in that water. That that's why you have to pour it out of the French press and drink it relatively quickly. Well, it's crazy because the more I drink, too, uh, especially like these really hazy IPAs, I'll notice it's like there's a shelf life and it changes drastically. Yeah, and sometimes at it gets better. Point. 
right? They're, well, it can. Like, let's say, like, day one after canning, it tastes a certain way. Day three might be better. Day f- Up to day seven mm-hmm. could be better. Remember that? that what was that after year that, that we had? After that, it tends to nosedive. We had, like, the most sour, sour ever. And the we the first oh, from, oh, the from, from, from the veil from the answer veil. no from and, the veil and the and the veil, first the, one we uh, had triple fruited passion fruit we, we were like this out. is like the most intense psychotic beer we've ever had and then we had another like a week later like a week later and it was one of the best beers we ever had it was unbelievable we were blown away by how much better it was after yeah the aging week. process in beer yeah. you know I I can't exactly relate to this but it sounds a lot like having a kid it's great for like who knows how long and then there's and then no, it starts to suck more and well, more for all you parents out there I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure but, your children but are kids, fantastic. Kids children. suck if you're trying to Do drink beer. Do parents listen to this? Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> Luke just looked at me like I don't think people listen to this. If you're a parent, like, share, and subscribe. <laughs> dude, you're hired. Nathan's good. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, he's killing it. Yeah. You're on the team. You're down dude. to yeah. negative one. Strike. We can only uh-huh. pay you in beer, though. That's fine. fine. He's, and you have to share it with us. I can tell you, he's game on all those fronts. He would have done that cool. without the podcast. So I got um, I got two craft beer questions for you, Nathan. Okay. Um, one of them I'll, will be the one that leads into like some music shit. But uh, I'm about um, I think I'm coming up on like two years that I've been into beer at at the level of like craft. I go to you know releases. I get I get a lot of great beer. It's, it's been a couple of years now for sure. I'm about to make a road trip up the East Coast um, after visiting Johnny, and I plan the road trip around stopping at breweries and shit um so you got me into beer like let's say for the person who is they like beer but they're like give me a break like i'm buying like whatever's at stop and shop on sale give the sales pitch for craft beer from like you know whatever perspective you want sure so I think I think that I mean and he's this, like sure I'm like ready for that question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like I've been thinking about it for weeks. He's been stewing. Well, well so this could actually also lead into into a discussion on music, but I think that I know uh, that's what I just said. Oh. <laughs> I thought I thought you had two questions. You I mean you just say you had two questions. The, the, the second one would be like and how does that relate to music? <laughs> Oh, okay. I didn't. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I think I think that like that's for very me, interesting, Nathan. And how does that relate to music? <laughs> um, well, for me at least, uh, when it came to beer, um, I was I was really um, I guess fortunate in my kind of beer history, and that once I did turn twenty one and was able to go to breweries, um, I was surrounded by people, mostly my brother, who sort of made me drink nice beer. And at the time, I don't think he really knew much about it either, but it was a kind of like if you're in a class or something at school and you're told, like, you should learn this subject because just kind of, like, trust me, it will be good for you. And then after, like, a little Mm -hmm. bit, at least for me, the concept of of craft beer was, was much more about just becoming aware of what I'm drinking. I think so often that as humans, when it comes to what we're eating or we're drinking, a lot of us just sort of eat and drink without actually thinking about what you we're eating You shove the burrito down your mouth hole right exactly. before you... Like, the amount of times I've been in my car and I'm, like, starving, like, going from student's house to the next student's house, and I'm shoving, like, a Starbucks, like, peanut, chicken, whatever, wrap into my mouth, and then, like, I just, like, quickly swish some water in my mouth to, like, make sure I don't have food in my teeth. And then I just, like, ring the doorbell. I'm like, what's up? Meanwhile, there's, like, 
it's not even in my stomach yet. It's just like there's a whole wrap just in my esophagus, right? I believe the yeah, word that you're was looking this... for is gullet. Luke, well, that was what exactly is my same my... mental image I Luke. had when I first started yeah. was that exact scene. And and, Luke, and so know... that's not mindful eating. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Why, and, why and is you being saying. a slob? Why does you being a, a total slob have to do with like? <laughs> Crap beer and music. Well, but I think, like, I think you that, really tried to derail yourself there, Luke. Like, I think that just like the concept, like, of, share and subscribe, of, <laughs> like, share. of being of being aware of the product, um, and being able to acknowledge that that somebody put time into it. So I just so I'm a doctoral student here at Stony Brook. Oh, by the way, recently um, ABD, which means all but dissertation. Yes. You passed your oh, he, oral he, exams. He did his, yes, his, yes, thank his you. pectoris thank you. maximus. That's and right. He, and he passed it. That's um, basically where like the faculty just grill you with as many questions as they can. And your job is just to like it's, basically wait, 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 wait. have a verbal sword fight with them. And are win. you telling me after like all the school, you just basically have to survive a faculty like roast of you or whatever? <laughs> that's like exactly. just Inquisition no. roast no, that's, you, that's, and then they go, "All right, you're a doctor now." That's how it happens. So, that's how they find. So this ties decide. back in, uh, yes, but so ties back <laughs> in. So <laughs> totally, so, but what Luke was talking about was I just had this thing called the oral exam. And in that exam, um, the pants came down. <laughs> no, so it's just kind of like a broad-reaching conversation about about Luke, that's music. Something I would say uh, since 1900 that kind of covers large trends. And but that's because of your area of expertise. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. And and so one of my panel members was asking me a lot about other kinds of of cultural influence on these pieces. And you know, I just I wasn't really aware of a lot of things that were happening. I mean, I knew like some basic details about like the art movement or literature movement, but I wasn't exactly aware about how these things are all coming together to impact what I do music. And so when it comes to beer, if it's something that I'm going to be drinking all the time, like coffee or like whatever, having an awareness of kind of all the other elements that go into this product that I'm kind of always consuming helps to sort of elevate an appreciation. I think that also just along with that, um, uh, the concept of of craft beer has has exploded into the point where in a city you might have six or seven different breweries that all sort of occupy different parts of that city, and it really has, I think, um, like taken on the role of kind of like an iconic deli or a pizza shop mm, or a coffee shop or yeah. a bagel place. You know, you go to Queens and you have people who they go to single cut after work. They yeah. go to LIC after work. They go There's to a Finback. big after work can vibe I, at breweries, I, I've noticed. Yeah. Can I jump in there just quick? Please. Because I totally agree with you. And it's something that is like a, a new phenomenon in America, which is nuts. If you like that's if you go to the UK or Europe, like they've had the pub culture has been around for like a thousand fucking years. And we had it in America, too, and Prohibition killed it. And it, it killed, like, there was more to it than just going in and getting a beer and then drinking it and getting hammered. Like, it was a whole, like, a, the idea of a public house. And, like, that's how a lot of you go to craft breweries and tasting rooms, uh, which I work at a couple. That's how they are. You know, there's family events and game nights and all sorts of, like, it's a whole community thing. They'll have bands play. Like Absolutely. It's, and and, yeah, and the, it used yeah, it yeah. used to exist, but after Prohibition in America, bars just became associated as this, like, seedy place. Like, hey, there shouldn't be kids in a bar. You get smoke and curse and fight like that's no, exactly over in in a what the fuck is that? 
Oh, is it? A, I, I was we a got the windows open. Yeah, we're okay. airing in, out in the like in a country with an established pub culture. It's not that all of them are like that. You have some bars like that. You have some that are family ones, and it's it's great that it's found a way to come back thanks to beer. But I purpose also uh, uh, sincerely believe that c- civilization and the idea of settling down and us giving up uh, at least some of our nomadicism was because we figured out how to make beer and like Absolutely. drinking I think communal drinking as a people is is as old as you know domesticated dogs or cities yeah. or I think uh, there's something beautiful about it for sure. Yes. like when it's th- done the right, when it's not like people just getting wasted to forget about their problems in life but well, it's like crazy. really yeah. like but you, but you have room for that too there's, there's yeah. room i think what you bring up too. though like johnny is is extremely important in craft beer is is the concept of place in craft beer because you will probably never go to drink at the pbr brewery you will probably never go to drink where they go brew you know like 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 miller high life or something but hey man, you know what though? Those tasting rooms are actually really cool. No, no, like I've heard people that for that, sure. The people that but, live nearby work there go, and they're like, "Hey, this is a cool place," you know. But go ahead. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, for sure. But I think that, like in general, though, most people don't don't kind of have have that beer be a part of a place. And I think that yeah. in craft beer, oh, okay, I see. Like because all of them really have extremely active taproom cultures, that it kind of begins to associate the craft beer with a sense of really strong community. Not just at like a barbecue with your family, but also with the people who are are brewing the beer with you in the space, and that's really they, important. And they tend to hang out. Like I've noticed at a lot of breweries that that the the especially at Sand City, if you go hang out there, like the brewers are like back there working, and they often put clear windows to like make a view yeah. that you can see them working, and then they'll kind of walk up and like get like a little something on tap and just be like, what's up? And it's like, yeah. yo, like, yeah, I've never had like a, a bad association just meeting a random brewer at, yeah. at a place like Sansa. They're usually like yeah. so happy to see people enjoying the thing they put so much yeah. time into. Which so I think is part of the vibe I, yeah, of why it's so popular because it's like, there's a genuineness to it. Like a lot of, yeah. like I, I'm, I'm sure there's, you know, there's assholes in brewing, but I, Oh, there's assholes in everything. Yeah, there's assholes. In, exactly. Un- unfortunate fact of life is that you get, get any movement to be big enough, the assholes will find it. But like, well, like but, brewers, I haven't like everyone I've met. I've been like, oh, this person's like, they might be weird, but so am I. And they're at least interesting. I, I yeah, I get yeah, brewery totally. tours, and sometimes oh, right. and. I always tell people, like, if you ever are in a brewery or a tasting room and you're talking to, like, a brewer that works there uh, or, like, a brewer, you know, an actual, like, brewer, like, buy them a beer and get them going because they're all, <laughs> like, mad scientist types on well, some level, that, you know, because you have to be. To, Johnny's so it's just great to – I've, I've to done do it. That. Yeah, I've done it before. Buy a brewer a beer and just like get them started. Be like, no, no, how do you really feel about this or that? And they're usually interesting people at the very least. How do you feel about Obama? It's it's that same concept. Not necessarily politics. It's that that same (laughs) concept too, like about the concept of of just having a place to go, I think, is just really important. So I, um, as a part of my music, uh, there's a thing that I was a really big part of this year in New York, which was a series of concerts that I curated. Was this um, the one I was involved in? Yeah. Nice. Uh, in Brooklyn at, at this place called Misan Place, and I curated a concert series called Scripted. Yeah, yeah. this was amazing because he he was – Nathan uh, combined music and craft beer. Yeah, it was, so, it killed it. So, so I made this event called Scripted Open Mic, 
And the idea was I tried to place new contemporary music in in the place of your local bar where you would go after work to have a beer. Um, and I think that, you know, all that like we've been talking about, it all just sort of ties back into that. And um, one last thing. Um, I mean, I can get more into that like concert series later if you want. I don't sure. want to necessarily start totally. that now, but um, it'd right. be kind of cool for us to kind of get deep in that. Yeah. But one last thought on craft beer is um, what uh, what Johnny was saying about buying a brewer of beer really kind of goes into one thing about all of these craft breweries that have been uh, popping up is that um, they don't necessarily distribute their beer wide ranging. And so Joe, who lives near, you know, single cup brewing, might get a beer that I, who live near other half brewing, am not able to get. Yeah. So, and so then Joe says, Nathan, let's get together and let's right. share these beers. And that's something that I think is much rarer. I would probably not be like Joe. I just got this killing six pack of Yingling. Like, <laughs> well, bring a yeah. Coors Light. Well, I got, I got, I got. Uh, I didn't tell you. I got four PBRs in my fridge. I'll trade you. But I do right. want to clarify it's something. Like, no, though. it's cool. I have a, I have a stop and shop near me too. Like, yeah. it's I do fine. want to clarify something though. I, you know, I mean, I think that all of us here would, you know, gladly crush a Yingling, right? Oh, especially so with like certain. What beers, I want to yeah. say is that like the best beer or is Miller Light. Like the so the, there's a glass that I own, a beer glass from. Um, from Tired Hands Brewing, who we've already mentioned, uh, with the Milkshake IPAs in Philadelphia. And the glass says, this is the best beer I've ever tasted. And at first I thought, what an arrogant fucking glass. And then I thought, no, what a beautiful concept. They're saying, yeah, I like it. They're saying that whatever liquid is in this glass is the best beer that you've ever tasted. And that's really cool. Um, but I do think, though, that the concept of wanting to share a beer with somebody else um, has kind of been really... Uh, spearheaded uh, yeah. like by the craft beer movement i think oh yeah. i think definitely oh I, yeah. I think embedded in craft beer is is sharing not only sharing beer like we're doing so like uh obviously you can't see what we're doing but we're not like each cracking our own beers and drinking oh it. shit i was supposed to stream this on instagram <laughs> i'm gonna do it now i'm gonna queue it up you can i'm gonna, um, I'm gonna do it i don't know how what we're doing is about we're that we're cracking open a beer and pouring it all around, you know? So, and that that's the one type of sharing, but th there's also the, hey, I can get this. Like, I'm about to go down to Johnny's place. I'm going to bring beers from New York that he can't get down south. And, like, that's, like, a really cool thing. It's, like, every time I travel, I think to myself, like, what should I bring the people that they can't get where they live? And what's important, too, that I kind of want to say is sometimes the beer is not always the best beer, but uh, <laughs> that sounds kind of a bad way to segue. But we just cracked a beer by a brewery called McKellar, which now has a New York branch, which is next to or no, it's a part of City Field or like next to it. Under it. Under it. And this yeah. is a, a black mosaic IPA. We learned from from uh, our episode 19 with uh, Kevin Clouther, author guy. Um author guy author guy you could just say author <laughs> i i yeah. yeah i could throw guy yeah. after any um, job title you deal with he brought, yeah he's a surgeon <laughs> yeah. guy <laughs> yeah you know yeah, he, he works, he works at the alley behind the stop and shop <laughs> that's how my brain <laughs> tagged guy. it right i was like yeah the author guy, that was on the podcast. guy um i'm not judging you i'm just he yeah. he was saying how mckeller is is the other twin from evil twin brewing right um the I forget which beer he brought. It was pretty good. Is this one? How is this one? This one. I, I, mean, I feel like we can be honest with yeah, our beer reviews. Yeah. I mean, well, you have to. You know, this yeah. is a beer that I don't think is great. Wait, is this the beer that you just 
sniffed and made that face at me, and I was like, "Yeah, I made I that did face make a too. face." You know, no, I mean, I, like, I made the same face. Like I think in beer, it's 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 a lot like like music. You know, there are so many it's like amazing craft breweries now that like each person has their own preference. And you know, this beer, I don't think for us in this room. Um, it's is, not, it, is, it's, is our I'm, favorite but it's important though to be honest like that uh, same thing in music like if you hear a song and you don't like it then just like say you don't like <laughs> well you know it's funny you say <laughs> that because yeah. I, I logged a beer yeah. on, on untapped which is a if for anybody who doesn't know it's a, a beer rating app which by the way I had an idea for an app called just tap which is a sex rating app but we'll get back to that later we'll, we'll return to that <laughs> yeah in, in due process <laughs> But uh, I logged. It'll I, come up. I logged. I, it. I, I forget what brewery it was, but I logged. Well, whether it does or not, it's going to determine the rating. Brewery. <laughs> brewery for the empire. But I logged. Speaking of classic <laughs> erections. Oh, Anyways, I, I logged. It, I logged a rating, and it wasn't a great rating. I, I think I gave this beer. I think it was actually rated higher than what I gave it. It was rated like four point one something. And I rated it a four, but I gave this I, what I thought was a really nice description. I was like, oh, this beer is really good for this type of vibe. And like, like, I think I said like summer porch vibe or something, you know, and the brewery themselves like liked or they toasted my rating. They were like, oh, yeah, that's yeah, happened cool. to me with Finback. Yeah. I, I logged in a Finback I had and they and they cheers. But, it. but I think it was because of my description, because sure. I, I rated it lower than their average. But I was like. Oh, here's when you should definitely drink this. Beer. Also, they're like, just I wasn't happy to see it. you enjoying their beer. Yeah, no, I still yeah. enjoyed it. They just it. know I'm... you're a dick about rating beers, and they're like, if we if we say anything negative, he'll knock it down to zero. So we have to be nice. <laughs> so they trolled the, the troll. Eh? Special. Interesting. Um, so help me but, out. I'm gonna. So what? What McKellar beer is it again? What's the name? Uh, of it? it's yeah, called... give the name. Black Mosaic. Say, it's pretty awful. Black. It's I'm called Black Mosaic. Oh, I thought yeah, it was a black. A mosaic but isn't that topped. funny though? We were talking about it, styles. It is a black what mosaic, does, though, Johnny. What does a black IPA that. mean? What does that stand for? A black India pale ale. How's it black and pale at the same time? Like Fair a pale point. ale. That's, is that's a, a good specific point. Pale color ale. word. <laughs> so it's kind of <laughs> silly to call it a black pale ale. But, Fair enough. And also talking about collabs before. Sorry, we're going full circle on a few things Sorry, here. McKellar like was one of the most famous gypsy <laughs> brewers, which I'm in love with with the, the, the idea of being a gypsy brewer, where you don't own a brewery. You contract brew at different breweries. You just go there and pay them to use their system. Yeah, we got a couple you sell here the in New York. We got under Grimm, your brand. We got Root and Branch, but they both actually just bought breweries, so sellouts. <laughs> Buyouts, you mean? <laughs> Buyouts, no. I'm kidding. They're not. It's Don't getting look. easier to buy a little system these days, so yeah. Uh, so in terms yeah. of what you just said, Nathan, this this is definitely a connection. I you got to help me work out the thought because I just had the thought like last night. Generally, when I have a cool thought, it like just pops into my head, and I, I work it out over a few days. So I'm gonna mm -hmm. try to do it right now. And it's that um, in I've noticed this in the craft beer world, and I for sure noticed it in the music world, which is that. Um, there seems to be almost this social process by which people determine what is good, you know? And for a lot of people outside of that world, they'll look at something, let's take for music, for example, something really contemporary in music, you know, just like really dense, no tonal qualities at all. It's just to, to a non-trained musical person, it sounds like random noise, right? But, but certain things get determined as like amazing that would sound like that to someone who doesn't come from the music world. Um, it, it's just like a, fa it's a weird process where people will almost 
like you just said basically before, have the courage to say when you don't like something. And yeah. I've noticed that like if I give you a Julius and the and the backdrop to Which that is, is a beer from Treehouse. It's in known as one of the best IPAs. Like it's it's killing. it's just so uniquely killing. Um, if I give you a Julius and you've never had a Julius before, and you really don't like it, are you going to succumb to like the social pressure and just say "killing, dude"? Ah! Or are you going to be like, actually, this is not that great? Why do you become a California surfer dude when you say that? <laughs> so, so righteous. So, so yeah, there's a, a really lot of interest- good breweries in California full of surfer dudes. That's <laughs> yeah, true. that's why I said yeah. That. Which, by the way, I'll be in California on June 9th. So, if, if anybody listening has any recommendations, if you like, comment, and subscribe, then just comment the places I should go. Can we hire you? Um, we need yeah. a social media. Anyway, PR, um, PR guy for sure. But no, that's that's a really fascinating question. So, I kind of want to unpack that a little bit. Like, what determines what's you know? You, I mean, yeah. I know you would understand it because. Uh, yeah. No, I get you. Yeah. I get you. So let's let's kind of just kind of focus on music really quick initially. Yeah. So. What is considered successful music is all about the context and the time that that music is existing. And then flash forward 60 plus years, what old people are going to then decide that that it. music <laughs> was important and and worth being included in a history book. That's so there ages, were, but yeah, go on. <laughs> fair enough, but that's fine. So For example, were, Bach was not yeah, very popular I was gonna say, until Bach was not popular. right? Right, wow, yeah, because Mendelssohn... the nerdiest thing I've ever heard. The famous well, no, like, St. Matthew's Passion yeah, performance like, like, by like Mendelssohn. Yeah, Mendelssohn uh, was a composer who, who kind of helped sort of get Bach back in the public sphere. And, and now Bach is a dinner table name composer that... Absolutely. That He's you, one of the few. And when there was were, the last time you talked about Bach at the dinner table? Probably last night, to be By honest. dinner table name, I just mean that like in a, in a random conversation, you're like, name three classical composers. People would be like, Bach, Beethoven, Mozart, and... Fuck, that's it, you know? And so, and so, and so music... <laughs> Alliteration. And, yeah. <laughs> and so music in general... Um, True. You know, they're... they're are kind of always so many people making music. It's just what aspects of that culture, of that time, of that context is going to help make it meaningful and important, or especially in music, um, what's going to kind of help things have a step forward. And there's now, a degree of randomness to that too. I absolutely, think. absolutely. Yeah. Now, I I want to kind of I'm going to kind of hop on my field exam. So shout out to Perry Goldstein. And Margaret Chadell and Daria Simigan on my committee because I'm gonna because they pass you. Yeah, you pass <laughs> me, enough. and I'm yeah. gonna I channel some of y'all's brilliant insight. So, what is kind of like considered as a a a good thing in music that is worth remembering, which I think really can also tie back into beer. But I kind of want to get into music some, but it it all can be related back to beer or coffee or tea or any oh, kind of it all be- comes beverage. to beer, yeah, right. So let's just for right now, let's consider that line of music that is remembered. Let's just kind of like give that a label for now and let's call it mainstream. Okay, so let's go back to Bach. Let's say that like at Bach's time, the kind of shit that Bach was writing would be considered mainstream because it definitely was. That's what everyone was writing. Now, he was turning out Bach's pieces a lot. Most of what he wrote were just every every he was the the basically what you would call the music director at um, the biggest church in Leipzig and by doing that he was also in charge of two other churches or three other so like three or four total. absolutely and every yeah. week at church 
you would have the service, of course, but the part of the service would be the new piece Bach wrote for that week, and it was usually surrounded by the text from the Bible that was relevant to that week. And so he was churning out pieces every week. So um, it's just a different context for composing music than exactly. people think of. So, like, so box music was the mainstream back then. That's what, if we had craft breweries back in box day, they would have been throwing down some Bach on the speakers, Dude. right? So let's kind of flash yeah. forward now to the turn. <laughs> I'm of, trying to picture like a they Bach. Had, they had craft period. breweries back then. They're still there, some of them, still making Absolutely. the same beer. Yeah, so let's kind of flash forward now to the turn of the 20th century here and kind of get like a little more modern um, and thinking about kind of what constitutes the mainstream and how that has kind of impacted what has kind of remained important. So let's start at like 1900, right? You had the composers who were really prominent, but most importantly, I think there was this young composer named Arnold Schoenberg who was writing music. Fair enough. I'll tell you that in a little bit. So Arnold Schoenberg... If this will affect your story, I saw you opening Spotify. We probably can't put Spotify on the internet, though. Fair enough. Well, then... So you'll have to use the art of your word to describe the music you were about to just play out of copyright. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but they didn't know that until you said it, Luke. The algorithms know that, dude. You're an algorithm. Well, then imagine imagine that you're at a brewery and you're clinking glasses and you hear the Pacatello Suite... The UPS commercial. Hey man, pass me a beer. Hey man, nice brew. Ah, the hops are killing. Yeah, we need him to be our PR department. I think. So anyway, sorry. Can we make a Thunk Tank commercial for our like Patreon or whatever, where it's just like the Bach cello suite, and we'll just get a friend to play it so that it's like it's free free recording. Oh God, what a dank mouthfeel. And, like, it's all the brewery sounds of, like, clanking glasses. And then it's just us, but we're, like, actually wasted. And we're like, this, this is the Thunk Tank podcast. Uh, we hope that you consider contribution. I like, I like your version you. of us being wasted. Okay, so 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 back to Schoenberg. Like, share, and subscribe. Um, so so you're, you're laying down what is considered mainstream music yeah. at different and time the reason why, why I'm doing this Hard is... to project back like what we consider, oh, this is the music that's on the radio. Right. It's like, what was the music that, that was the music everybody knew, everybody bonded over, everybody and would so, hum to themselves. And so why, why I'm doing this is because ultimately I'm going to show that the mainstream is a fucked up idea. Uh, shit, so, you're gonna tackle that in like the next three minutes. I am, and then Fuck. and then right, don't awesome. worry though. All three of y'all are are going to be directly involved. Oh, you you, you don't know how so. yet, but you will be. So, yeah, I'm so Arnold Schoenberg was this cat who <laughs> he was a human, but in the music world, we sometimes call people cats. Go on. He was also a cat. I want to talk so, about that more. <laughs> yeah. So I want so, Luke to translate everything like that. Yeah. So he had. This By the really, way, he was a person. But go on. He had no, this really radical idea where. <laughs> he was kind of tired of the possibilities that music at that point were giving him. So in music, there's lots of ways that we are constructing what we write, oftentimes using scales, which is just a series of different notes that go up and down. The classic for non-music listeners, the classic do, re, mi, fa, so, la, yep. do. We've all oh, seen like Taylor, Taylor Swift, music, right? 
by Taylor Swift exactly. for short. Is she invented like music. A, B, C, D, Taylor Swift. <laughs> right. So yeah. we so Take we have these scales. Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> and so and so and so and so we have these scales. <laughs> and all the parts of these scales we can take and we can combine with each other and make things that are called chords. Now, when Arnold Schoenberg was kind of really sort of a developing as a mature composer, what was sort of expected at that time was to have these parts of these scales or these notes, these pitches, be combined in ways that were what you would call as tonal music. So they would sort of have a center they would kind of go for. It's almost like if you are driving from point A to point B, you really want to get to point B, but you might make a detour at a brewery and get a couple six-packs, right? <laughs> so so tonal music is for, for anybody who... who it, Think of it like if I sang like uh, Mary had a little lamb and at the end I go da 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 you expect ba and if I don't get there you'll be like the fuck dude sure. like you didn't get to the end of the song yeah, it's, it's that it's like so, it's like blue balls it's the center that yeah it's it's getting exactly and it's it's of course it gets into a whole cool psychology thing but just that this is what's known as tonal music it's i really like having center. luke here because i can just talk and then like he explains shit so it's really yeah, like great. people aren't cats so, yeah so i got really good at that because my with my girlfriend like english is her second language so if 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 um she's hearing something i can usually like tell which words aren't yeah like didn't connect I, I don't know exactly how I tell. A little bit is projection, but a little bit is just reading it. And so um, I think maybe that's from teaching. Like, sure, y- you get good at like figuring out if the words you're saying are delivering. You know? Oh yeah, yeah big time for sure. And so and so and so we have Arnold Schoenberg, who he was kind of tired of this approach to music, which 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 was tonal, because he felt that the material it was giving him was limited. So. He had this idea. He's like, okay, I want to have material that is new. But he couldn't approach that from a tonal way because at this point for him, he was thinking like, you know, maybe everything is kind of done in that. Now, there are composers beforehand, such as Richard Wagner, who were kind of beginning to push this concept that sort of he um, um, made more solid. But this... Would it be fair to say that... And it, like before 1900, you had composers pushing like Wagner, making crazier sounds than people have ever made. And then other composers like Brahms kind of keeping the tradition that Absolutely. came before him and, and those kind of act, sounding more like Beethoven yeah, than for like sure. something and those, totally different. And those kind of act as pillars. And you had composers like Richard Strauss who were kind of like floating in between back and forth for like a lot of part of their lives. Yeah. So you have Schoenberg and... Uh, his solution to this was this concept that he called 12-tone music, which we were just talking about a scale, do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do, which is, that's that's not do, so don't quote me on that big yeah. do. But these, Neither of us, none of us here have perfect pitch, so, so forgive us. Speak for yourself. So that's what <laughs> Joe, was sort of... Joe, I happen to know you don't have perfect pitch. So that's what was <laughs> often... Con- so that's what was considered a scale and still is, but there are other notes in there. Do, do, re, re, mi. There's these half steps, these sort of smaller intervals that are present in the scale. If you were to play all the white and black keys on a piano. Exactly. Exactly. And he was using these as his scale, and he was making these graphs, these charts, to kind of give him material, which just inevitably yielded musical material that he would not have thought of using tonal systems. Now... 
let me just make that clear what you just said for for non-music people it was basically a system he invented so that the notes he had to use were almost predetermined for him by this formula exactly and it's not because he was craving some kind of not tonal music it is just because he wanted to have some kind of material that he was not able to get before. Sure. He, he felt very limited. For him, he thought his own bias of, of coming from the tradition that all these composers were coming from would would just sort of ruin any original ideas. Absolutely. And so this was, although it seems like, oh, I'm giving myself the system, and on the next note, it has to be an E flat, and then the next note has to be an f sharp or whatever because these notes could be random right now you choose an order and then follow it i think for him yeah he was he was seeking by by strictly sticking to a system like that it was supposed to give him more freedom exactly exactly and so what's so fascinating about schoenberg is through this kind of freedom of the material from using this different approach to a scale if you will is that how he was using these notes and this new material was still in a very old fashion. So what I mean by that is that if we go back to Bach, like we were talking about, he sort of had ways that he constructed his music that were kind of commonplace. Often like today, we have a pop song and we're kind of used to hearing a pop song, but I could do all kind of random sounds in the length of a pop song, but it could still be in the form of a pop song. It yeah. might still kind of feel like a pop song. So Schoenberg was doing that with this new approach to kind of notes and these new sort he of harmonies. He had a new like, sound world, but, but it was within the same structure. Exactly. Yeah. Now, this is where this conversation kind of begins to split off and it becomes really, I think, pertinent. But a Schoenberg is, Just, is the we're, we're, we're aiming at the craft beer thing, yeah, right? Yeah, aiming at the craft beer thing. I can tell, Johnny, you can't see us on camera, but I'm, I can see Nathan. He's got his eyes on the horizon. He's We're getting back to beer. Buckle yes. buckle in. Okay. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm ready. I'm here. <laughs> so so Schoenberg was doing this thing, and at, at the same time that he was kind of uh, developing this, he had two really important students. One was named Anton Webern. One was named Albin Berg. And they were both two util- famous composers to our right. ears today. Yeah, and they yeah, never were heard of either. Um, one was actually <laughs> like assassinated <laughs> by a U- nice. Well, so one was actually assassinated by a soldier. That's a good story, but not for this podcast. Next time. So oh, episode twenty one. Right. So, anyways, assassinations. Um, so, <laughs> well, that's a good topic. Actually, so, yeah, probably he had these two pupils who were using his same approach. Yeah, we all have of- two pupils. <laughs> <laughs> of getting material it. but but they kind of went in extremes that he was not willing to go so berg said okay i'm gonna use the same material but whereas you're still kind of trying to have it not be tonal i'm gonna see how i can take x y and z that i get from this system and really try to make it tonal and then you had had weber on the on on, on on the other side, who tried to kind of minimalize and said, what is the bare minimum of material I can show you, the most concise presentation of this music to get across a point? Now, flash forward about 30 years, you have these three different kind of waves coming. You have Schoenberg, who is the OG, who's like, I'm kind of done with tonal stuff, so I have this new system of, of getting pitches, but I'm going to stay with these old school forms. Then you have Berg, who says, I'm going to use these pitches but try and make them tonal. And then Webern, who's like, I'm going to use these pitches and make it as concise as possible. Flash forward now, about 20 or 30 years later, so, so now we're in the 60s or so, 
and a composer named Pierre Boulez begins to hit the scene. And Pierre Boulez was a composer who was very interested in Schoenberg, um, but he had a problem with Schoenberg. He thought that Schoenberg wasn't was committing. <laughs> That's a HBO movie, though. I no. think we have something here. Um, I think you have something, writer Joe. So, oh, so I, have, has, I, I got something. So he <laughs> was up, believe it. He was upset that Schoenberg wasn't fully committing all the way to this. He's like Schoenberg, you have these interesting pitch structures. Just give up your forms. Let the form not matter. Did he like Let's... declare that? Like in yes, the public he did. square? Yeah. He did. So he wrote an article called Schoenberg is dead. I declare. That, yeah, sorry. yeah. So he wrote an article called Schoenberger's Dead, where basically he was like, "This dude was important, but he didn't go far enough. So let's do it." So then so let's he, kill him. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, he let's didn't assassinate kill him. him. So so <laughs> next episode. So Boulez had this approach where he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna use these same approaches to getting pitches, but make it even more constricted. And now I'm gonna also throw away these old school forms, and I'm going to also begin to control things like." How long are these notes lasting? How loud are you going to hear them? Time and space type shit. Actually, yeah, yeah exactly. Time yeah. and space type shit. So, I so he kind of began. Fun, yeah. <laughs> so he kind of began this sort of. You were going, but 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 not quite far enough. Yeah, then, he didn't have synthesizers. Then and shit. flash forward into like the mid to late seventies. You had a composer named George Rockberg, who is an great guy, American composer. Oh yeah, super yeah. chill. Yeah. Loved him great when dude. I never met him. So yeah. so George Rockberg. He he began his career as a composer who was influenced by Boulez. He was kind of writing this really what we call serial music, just kind of having control of mm. all elements. It's that same thing Schoenberg originally serial was trying to do, music. but to an even tighter degree. It's like it's it's like a system that gives mm-hmm. you what you're going to compose. And, and would you say this this general like uh, trying to get like design a system that will tell you what music to write down? Was that a way to just get rid of the bias of like following in the tradition of so much music before you that like how could you not just write for something that's in the form of Beethoven since he perfected like by being Beethoven? Yeah, for sure. And so then you interesting though, like to think about like the difference between art and just like like computer generated art, you know, like that's That's a a thing now, you know, but Um, I'm saying it's like it's touching on that too. And so, and so then you have Rockberg. Um, who began as kind of um, like following in Boulez's footsteps, but then had this big change in uh, his musical style where he began trying to combine what Boulez was doing with music of the past, going way back, back to like Bach and Beethoven, even like before Schoenberg, he was going way back and trying to begin to draw a line between them. This was a concept that he developed called Ars Combinatoria, where he was trying to make a connection between old and new music and show how they're not different, but all part of kind of the same, you know, musical time continuum. And this is most evident in a piece he wrote in 1978, his string quartet number six. And in this piece, there are five movements. So five little pieces of music. And each one alternates between being highly serial and being just unbelievably lush and tonal. And yeah. and so like like a lush meaning like picture the most beautiful, slow, classical piece you've heard, that sort of beautiful string playing. And then to contrast to that, this these serial type pieces end up sounding like if you could use the analogy to visual art, they sort of sound like um those 
very contemporary looking art pieces where you would swear somebody just threw a bucket of paint onto the canvas type of thing. You know, paid a million dollars. And so, and so, and so for Rockberg, um, this was extremely important. And so his kind of use of this, which sort of now has been labeled as what's called postmodern, but I don't want to get into that much more than just saying that as people call it is that it's kind of a finding a harmony between the two, which kind of that change in sort of like the mid 70s, early 80s, kind of began just this extremely wide branch of this kind of classical art music and what was considered the mainstream. And so that kind of led into now you have this sort of living dialectic between very, you know, strict serial pieces still to this day mixed with folk music mixed with pop music now that's just one trunk of this tree which is where this kind of draws into beer wait trees can have multiple trunks oh yeah oh you so what what (laughs) i just what i what i was just outlining in 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 music you can draw a complete parallel with beer if you say that yeah uh, but let me just say, like, what, what he just outlined in music, you could roughly outline in art. Sorry, any artists who will just be like, you're a fucking idiot, Luke. But um, my guess is you could probably outline that in art, seeing how art was, was um, at, at one point, you know, accurate depictions of what humans look like. And once we could take photographs of people, like portraits even became like these emotional visual washes of of expressing not just the accuracy of a picture of something this is the picture of a beach that i painted but the way you feel looking at it take like starry night that's not what a starry night looks like but that's how it felt you know absolutely Um, and and then eventually that leads to just like super contemporary art where you don't even see like sometimes the point is that you can't figure out a pattern of like that's the shape of a human. You're like, is that the shape of a human? Oh wait, that could just be a bunch of random shapes. Maybe my brain is placing that pattern there. And then you're like, oh shit, that's the point of the fucking art is that our brains put patterns on things and then judge it. You know. Wait, now what, what I want to say does this though, have to do with beer. I'm getting <laughs> drink to the it. beer. That's what <laughs> it has to do with Christ, beer. So, yeah. And so how how confused. <laughs> I had to add an extra ED. Jesus. How I want to get this into beer is so let's take that. Yeah, whole I'm very line dumb. This has been out. difficult for me. Yeah, Nathan, get it back to beer. Yeah, no, I have. No, no, no. I haven't understood most. We, of this, we are derailing. We yeah. are derailing him as he. Um, I'm sorry. Off the yeah. rails. I like had this. Yeah. So, uh, um, uh, for all the listeners at home who have a pen and uh, and paper out, so we've talked about Schoenberg, Boulez, Rockberg as kind of three points. Now, how this kind of relates to beer is much more recent, obviously. Although beer has been around for a long time, the sort of expansion happened much more recently. You have people who were just brewing beer for a very long time, and it was just beer, and it was a thing that existed. Then, in the early 90s, mid-90s, you had some breweries who were kind of like, okay, how can we kind of just take this beer and just make it a little more just do something else to it a little better exactly yeah. a same thing happened in coffee you had starbucks who kind of came in the scene and was like i can be a little bit better right so in beer yeah it's funny these... how starbucks is now known as like like a little shittier 
Yeah. But they were the first wave of Absolutely. specialty coffee. Yeah. And so these things and so, tend to come in waves and like in the coffee world, I don't know about the beer world, but I know in the coffee world they call it waves. Like well, specialty the, coffee, like wave one was like Starbucks and yeah, Pete's sure. and things like that. In the in the and, beer and, world in America, prohibition destroyed our beer culture and it took until the nineties to get any of it started again. It was just yeah, pale, f- tasteless. It was a race to the bottom of, of and so, like lack of flavor and works. calories. Yeah. It ruins things. It takes so long to like recover the the momentum in a culture to well destroys an entire culture that's yeah Yeah, it's not it's those styles are gone like kentucky common and steam beers like those it's not the ones that are made now aren't the same like they're just they're gone well that's a throwback to our kurt vonnegut episode that came up where his grandfather was a brewer and like he he mentions it in a couple of his books how like his grandpa owned a brewery and then, then like he says like yep nobody in my family knows how to brew anymore because it, so, it, it was closed down with prohibition. It was just gone. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so I don't want to kind of like like force a talk, but I do want to kind of finish the point. No, so I, I want to connect. Because like it's been like a lot of music I talk. I want to force you to connect it. Yeah, force your point. It does matter. Yeah. So then in around the early to mid part of the beginning of 2000s, right, you had breweries who said, okay, so now we kind of have beer and we have have beer that's trying a little bit harder. So kind of like Rockberg and like Boulez at the same time, they're saying, how can we both find extremes in this, but also have it live harmoniously with this older style of music, which in beer, right? All these styles of beer, for the most part, are pretty old, except for things like we were drinking now, like the Milkshake IPA, Sure. which how that kind of all comes back to music is so what I laid out from... Schoenberg up to Boulez and to Rockberg is a single path on this trunk. Why talking about a mainstream in music and sort of what ends up being important is so unbelievably hard to do accurately is that at the same time that you had Schoenberg who was writing all of these things, you also had Duke Ellington who just recorded his black and tan fantasy with his jazz orchestra. Sure. You also had Aaron Copeland, who just wrote his famous Appalachian Spring. You have this whole other kind of music, multiple kinds of them, now, that are you- all developing tangentially. And how I relate that back to beer, because I think it's, it's, um, it's meaningful, is those, I think, throughout the early 90s up to now, are kind of what became the homebrewers in this concept who sort of began pushing their own personal experiments that that kind of were crafting a beverage for people in a place. You might say less risky um, situations where you can really push the boundaries of something. If you're a famous musician who's hired at some opera house, right? Like you're you're more likely to, to produce what is expected of you than if you've got nothing on the line. Sure. Yeah. And so, no. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And so all that is just to kind of say that. You're good. Oh, nice. Thank you. Um, had a little chord trouble there. Um, all that is just to say that music and thinking about a mainstream is extremely difficult because it has to be related to what's happening at the same time. And I could lecture anyone for hours about a single thread but it's really a whole scarf that's kind of going up, right? And the same thing in beer, I think, is applicable. They're always looking forward, using the past, synthesizing to then react to what's happening around them. 
And, now, and just also to bring it back to what we said before, so much of whether you're talking about music through history or beer through a shorter history, there's this fascinating thing about like humans will get together and then oftentimes an, a more alpha type personality will declare it either good or bad. And then the, the, the herd will go along with it. So somebody sips a beer who's known in the beer group as the person who tastes beer really, really well. And they taste it and they go, and almost everyone else is like withholding their judgment because they're not sure. And the person goes, that is really good. And then they'll be like, yeah, yeah, yep. that's so good. And I've seen the same thing with music. Like at, at times I'll, I'll be at like, you know, like in a music festival where you're hanging out with a bunch of musicians and you're playing different recordings and somebody will play something and I'll sort of like look around and like people are sort of waiting to see like what the group thinks mm. before they commit. Right. Well, the exact and what you're same... saying is like just like you can you can judge things. You don't have to be a dick and be like, this sucks. Blah, like in, in some well the exact same way, thing happened with George Rockberg if you don't like it say you don't like it is that once once George Rockberg began this kind of um, amalgamation of this kind of music that Boulez was writing mixed with this kind of look um, looking towards the past he had a lot of really harsh criticism um, and up up until that point, he was just kind of hopping on the train of Boulez and kind of writing this very strict music and so, yeah, everyone was kind of like, oh, yeah, we like that. And then once he changed it, it took a long time, like, for someone to actually write a review of a concert of his where they said, oh, yeah, this is good. Now, I want to take this, and all three of you are about to be directly involved in this conversation. I refuse. You, you don't get to refuse. So, sign, sign, sign here. I mean, you're wearing handcuffs <laughs> right now. So, Genie handcuffs? Um, that's right. Yeah, it's kind of intense. I'm holding a sign to Joe that says, if you ask for help, the so, genie will be so summoned. The genie what, will I, you. what I want to ask is... This whole podcast is a, is a hostage situation. Yeah. Is, is, is so, it's always been. Like basically, if if I were to boil down all that I just said about Schoenberg and Boulez and Rockberg, they're all people who are just reacting to what's around them and they are responding accordingly. And that's the most important thing, I think, when thinking about just having an awareness of something, whether it's music or beer or coffee or wine, and being able to respond in that moment. So I'm curious, and I'll start with you, Johnny. Respond honestly. Right. I might, you and know, like, so, that's, the, that's the important thing with any of the, the art shit is, like, I think great art. <laughs> the art shit. <laughs> yeah, and so... Any of this art shit, I think great art involves honesty. And so I want to start or, with you, whatever Johnny. Whatever angle, you know? Um, what's, what's a song that you don't like Johnny that's like on the radio what song like do you really not like I think he went to take a shit hey guys I'm back no I had to grab a beer sorry (laughs) I nailed it ask ask Johnny then Joe I do have to excuse myself to pee fair enough you could have just left and not said anything so Johnny yeah like I did (laughs) what I miss Uh, sorry I peed and grabbed a beer so what's a song that you don't like a song that you've I heard like on the radio or 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 whenever. Just what song do you hear? You're like, oh, I hate that fucking song. Oh, it's only because it, it's more songs I have to hear over and over. All the songs I hate. I agree. Okay. Okay. Get sick of them. Yeah. Fair enough. It, like, I, don't so what's know, an I don't know the name of the song, but the one line they go, I jump into the water. They keep saying that over and over. It's it's okay. horrible. That sounds annoying. So so I can't think of the name of it. But so I, know I don't know what song words. that is, but. What about that song makes it unappealing to you? 
Uh, it's because oh, it. I've heard it so many you, times. You just said it, right? Now, so let's kind of get deep on that. Why does that bother you? Just hearing something over and over. If what if it was like an amazing song, would you still have the same kind of reaction if you had to hear it all the time? Uh, I think I would, but I might have a different threshold for it. Sure. So then what about this song makes it hard to hear over and over? It's a little whiny. I okay. get sick of that, yeah. I think it's because I have to do the same repetitive task a lot throughout my day. So when I have the same repetitive music, it's like, ugh. You know, it makes Absolutely. It. But that comes you know, down to like relatability. Too, makes you fucking hate some- it. Absolutely no. You're, that's you're, you're so actually, important. You're actually like tripping me out right now because it, like as soon as you said all of that, it started to make me think about as a writer like um, repetition in writing because that's something that is obviously. I mean, you hear about that in in all sorts of different types of writing, whether it's poetry or prose. But yeah, you you can use repetition as a literary tool as a device. Yep. Um, but when I read a a, a student paper because I. I teach college writing, there's repetition that's not good because a student just doesn't know like what better words to choose, right? And they use lazy words or they use the same words or it's like it doesn't mean as much as the, that they exactly think it does, right? And now, Johnny, and so now, what's a song that you really like? Uh... <laughs> uh... That's fine. You can think about it some. We'll come back to you. Yeah, so, Joe, I was what's a song that you don't like? Uh, can I be honest here? Yeah. Anything I've ever heard by Bruce Springsteen ever. Okay. And and why? It's just not good. Uh, it's just the same. It's the same noise over and over again. The same noise. Okay. So, what about hearing the same thing? There's nothing. There's nothing. Uh, that distinguishes one part of a Bruce Springsteen song from the other part of any other Bruce Springsteen song, whether that's the same Bruce Springsteen song or a different Bruce Springsteen okay, song. Okay, so now now I'm curious. So you, <laughs> you said, just said that word a lot. That's like a definitive stance on Bruce <laughs> so, Springsteen right so there. So you said I, I don't, that... I don't hate him. He's just, it's just not good. So you said that it's the same thing over and over. Now, so... If you had to, it's not the same thing. It's just there's there's nothing different about it. Okay, now the so wrong kind if, of repetition. Yeah. If you had to change one thing to help make it better, what would you change? Uh, I would make it less Bruce Springsteen-y. How so? Checkmate. He's it, like I fire would... Bruce and get a new, a new band. All right. So so <laughs> do you know do you know? Uh, I'm trying to think of somebody that like I really do like who's like contemporary and like the first. <laughs> Thing oh, that comes uh, to Louis mind. Anderson. It's Louis Anderson. The second sure. thing that comes to mind <laughs> is something like Daft Punk. Because, okay. like, if you listen to a Daft Punk album, like, one song to the next is insane. Like, like at one one song will have like an orchestral, you know, section with like strings and like just like jazz trumpets, and then it will turn into like robot synth and shit. And it's just very diverse and it's very rich in that sense. And I kind of like that in just what I hear, like out and about in contemporary uh, music and Bruce Springsteen just sounds like more Bruce Springsteen. Sure. It's no, very no. monotone. Th- but this is all good. This that's is all a good point. But I, let me just also add, there's also the level where when you ask me why I don't like certain foods, I might not have a reason. I can just tell you I don't like it. Like, but there is oh, for a sure. reason. That's, that's fine. And I, mean, I, and some things you can't explain, like why your brain rejects it. Some flavors, like yeah. why is orange juice and tuna fish like fucking like awful 
Well, yeah, when you put it together. For well, sure. Yeah, it's like a shrimp I mean. milkshake. But peanut butter and that chocolate shit. is great. That would not be a good milkshake IPA. Now, so to kind of hop on that, Luke, what song do you not like and why? And you can just say you don't like it. Um, <laughs> classical or pop or... It doesn't matter. Pop. We, we must connect yeah. with yeah, the yeah, young listeners. Um, I do have to say, I, I agree with Joe a little bit. Like, um, Bruce Springsteen is not the thing I would ever put on. Green Day was my other answer. Um, <laughs> in terms of, like, music that that would would just get me to turn it off, nothing's nothing's coming to my mind as the singular one that... That's fine. Um, but if, if you were to ask me, like, what I would change about generally yeah. something I, I don't like, it would be um, if it sounds too produced to like auto-tuned to i've heard a lot of usage of auto-tune that's really mm. cool i'm thinking like um well i can't think of the name like of it t-pain well so have you, you love, heard you love T-Pain T-Pain, on tiny right? desk concert dude no t-pain was on the npr tiny desk concert um, nice well it's we, quite good i'll say I'm we'll sure link it, it is, yeah. but what i really mean is we might link it if this happens to be one of the links i remember to put in the we should note notes. it now which we're not we're actually not well noting if i it note now. it now then i'll just stop talking for like two you know like so i'll i'll try to link it but t-pain on if you type t-pain tiny desk concert yeah, yeah um, i'm gonna remember he that. sings just into a regular old microphone no auto-tune on npr tiny desk and it's one of the most beautiful yeah, it's really performances. gorgeous. Performances. Awesome. I yeah. highly recommend it. And you will, if you were judging like, oh, T-Pain's like all this auto-tune bullshit, he can't yeah. sing, like check it out. He really can sing. And so that was eye-opening for me because I, I would have had the opposite opinion of him mm. from the sound of it. So my my instinct sure. is like, I would rather hear an album of him sounding the way he did, just pure mic Absolutely. and not yeah. auto-tune through all this electronic-y so sounding. He, he did do a tour of that, but I missed it. So... Um, anyways, all of that is to say, I want to ask all of you what you liked and what you didn't like and what you would change. That's all to kind of uh, bring home a point about beer or music composition, either one or, or whatever I do. So I'm a composer in case you missed that from earlier on. And so we'll put it in the, uh, we'll link it. <laughs> like, link that I'm a composer and subscribe. Um, anyway, so, a website. so we're working on it. What's, what's always so fascinating to me when, when thinking about, um, like going back to what Luke was asking about kind of the mainstream and how people choose what gets where is that inevitably whenever we hear a piece of music, if we don't like something, even if it's extremely hard to put to words, I feel pretty confident that subconsciously or um, highly outwardly above consciously, right? right. We, we know how we would want it to go instead. And that is an extremely important thing. Like when I was younger and getting into composition, I would hear a film score. Are, oh, are you saying, sorry to interrupt, are you saying that that's kind of the birth of the composing mind? Exactly. Is, is and, and, oh, that's something? why I don't compose, because I would just turn Bruce Springsteen off. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> no, but I'm saying like if you're reading a story, Joe, and you, you think, oh, I would have ended the story this way, that's right. the birth of your gesture to need yeah. to write. That's yeah. what I think. Yeah, and so it's, I, I it's, totally get that, that intuition. It's the birth of a yeah. composer mind or of a brewer mind or of a coffee mind. A right. creative you mind. Say, yeah. You might you say, say tasting a beer and been like, you know what? I would have I hopped in one more one more go around. Yeah. And, and so then you make That totally happen. makes sense as right? a writer too because I'll read things and I'll be like – because even – it's not even necessarily like I don't like this. This is bad. 
But I think like, oh, what are the different directions if I want to go for a slightly different vibe that I could take this and how could I do that? And that makes sense with, I'm sure, composing, yeah, but sure. brewing for sure, and, right? And I'm sure for you, Johnny, that's something that you've probably encountered, right? Like you'll try a beer with your people if you're home brewing and you say, hmm, I don't like this. How can we kind of change this? Is that is that fair to say? I mean, that's the whole point of going to the club meetings for me is uh, to get negative feedback so that yeah. like I can show them a beer and go, hey, I know what I like I like and don't like about it. The worst thing when you give someone your homebrew and ask for feedback is they go, oh, it's good. Like that and their voice right. goes up like, and it's no, like, all right, that means me. you you want to say more than that, but you're not going to. No, it's great. Oh, I could drink this all day. Okay, great. But like, give me more than that. Tell me like, oh yeah, it's kind of like weird and buttery or I get this metallic or yeah. smoky. I or could drink dog piss bitter. all day if there was a gun to yeah. my head. Because well, you're like, yeah, you know uh, that there's the, beer I, I want, I, people don't believe you. I mean, most people don't believe you. And is someone that well, the, I give homebrew to that will give me like mean, honest feedback that matches up with the other mean, honest feedback from people I trust. I I go okay, you just earned. Did you like it though? And I'm like, yeah, it was good. It was just a little too this or that. And I'm like, okay, you just earned more homebrew because I trust you to actually tell me what <laughs> well, you're tasting. Well, that's genie. So and now you'll and actually they respect get more that person, Johnny. You know. Well, that's yeah. what's so fascinating about um, music and homebrewing or coffee or whatever is that you're kind of like relying like you said on people to give you honest feedback and so often um for composers they kind of have the audience reaction that is so heavily influenced by the context of that moment that they sort of are um having a hard time just identifying the value of that music but that makes a really interesting dialectic with is that the point or does it matter how it is in that moment, right? So I think of, of a composer, there was a Hungarian composer named Béla Bartok, who he is um, uh, quite famous for all kinds of pieces, but... Um, Béla Bartok. <laughs> but he, he, he only that's a, that's really a got... very, very, very trumpet-specific joke if there's any it. trumpet players listening. Uh, yeah. he, he really only got famous, though, long after he died. And um, one of his last pieces, uh, his second last piece that he wrote, uh, that he finished, was his third piano concerto, which uh, he dedicated to his wife, who is a pianist. And he gave it to her with the inscription uh, saying that this is to help you support yourself when I pass away because I think I will be successful then. I'm not now, but I think I will be then. Interesting. And so that's kind of a really interesting thing that kind of offers a unique perspective on beer and music and um, kind of what it means to sort of make a mainstream and then what sort of needs to be considered important. Um, also I, how people get, people can get bored with what is very regular and then need to push boundaries that there's some, I think, innate quality in human beings to continue ex to explore the unknown. And yeah literally right so we literally explore new lands we cross oceans we find americas we explore the up we go to the moon right um well, let's it's tie a drive in 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 something deep in humans well let's tie it back in with uh, the beer that johnny mentioned early on was heady topper that beer is so important for kind of beginning this sort of haze craze if you will of like a northeast style ipa but like i the don't haze craze if you will but I don't particularly enjoy that beer 
all that much. I think it's a very good I had beer. a really fresh one about um, a week and a half ago, and it, it, it was great. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a very good beer. One controversial it's, thing it's about that, about that brewery is they don't put um, dates on their cans, so it's it's very hard to know how how old. That and, really frustrates me. Well, too. the reason if you're not why you're going to put a date on a, yeah. on a beer like that, like it's what do you om- think about om- that, Johnny? It's like, almost like signing, like writing something and not signing your name to it. Well, you, that's the reason why, like I mentioned oh, them. Uh, well, sorry, you can finish your thought first. Who? J- me? Oh, Johnny, yeah. Just, <laughs> oh. like, I, I wanted to know, like, if you had any Wait, Johnny, inside beer knowledge on, like... Johnny, um, let, let me cue you up. Give us the inside nice. beer knowledge, or if, if there is any on, like, why certain breweries wouldn't date their cans or whatever. I mean, some places date it. Some places put a code that you can't tell, because it's, it's a code to their internal system to tell the date, so they can tell, but you can't tell. Sure, um, yeah. It's, it's just a choice, you know? It's kind of shitty. I, I, it bugs me. It'll affect if I buy okay. a beer. Well, so one thing Especially, about it depends brewery. if it's a beer like that, that, you know, if it's like, uh, uh, yeah, like a beer, it's a pasteurized beer that's going to be fine in a can or, you know, it's something that's going to be fine in a bottle for six months. Uh, but if it's like a beer like that, that that's half-life decays within like weeks, uh, yeah, I want to fucking date on it, especially because yeah, well, you $16 well, like for a four-pack. Yeah. Like, like that bird. Oh, excuse me. That's okay. We burp into the mic all the time. And we're really sorry it's about that. It's kind of our listeners. thing. I'm not. I do it on purpose. Well, that bird yeah, in particular, <laughs> that bird in particular um, they kind of are credited as, as Johnny said, as as being like the first in, in kind of making like a hazy New England style IPA. But which, they, which is cool. They, just think of the, he, the, the whole time where I'm just trying to keep in people's minds this parallel to like music and i'm sure if we had an artist here they could make the same parallel to art but just that that what we're drinking these hazy ipas somebody had to go in that direction and well, a lot of people probably told yeah. them they were fucking crazy and so, well, and so a lot that. of people still fucking hate the haze can i just yes. you guys have been a lot of pro haze i like those beers but i gotta represent the other side at least oh no it's in true the beer argument which is a lot of people are fucking sick of hearing about the haze ipa was a whole style before the haze craze which yeah. did get a lot of people into craft beer but the argument is it's Okay, you get a lot of hop flavor, flour, some sweetness from like some some flour in there, and uh, like a lot of dank hoppiness and juiciness. But there's none of that malt and the malt body <laughs> and malt can give you the malt contribution to the beer can be so much anything from Absolutely. like you know biscuits and water crackers all the way to like dark chocolate and coffee. So the, you, you got that whole range of flavor that kind of gets overlooked with that style that a lot of traditional IPA drinkers are like, fuck that. That's not a full beer. Now, so that's half of a beer that doesn't have about, that malty balance uh-huh. or that bitter balance. You want bitter sure. to balance your malty sweetness and then the hop flavors there to accentuate that, the right carbonation to deliver it all, the right mouthfeel. You know, there's all these so factors about to that, the John, style. I'm, I'm kind of curious. Like, I don't want to leave the alchemist like just yet. Okay. On this brewery who brews the Heady Topper. Because while like they brew that thing, um, I think you are are definitely right that there's, you know, like a lot of, of um a palate and beer. But the Alchemist especially, I think, is kind of noteworthy for not at all pushing the envelope once they did it. 
Okay, you, you, you mean which like, is interesting, right? That's kind of like an interesting thing. Well, that's well, the whole point the, of what, craft beers. Make is it, it, a lot of people get into it because they start making the beer they want. It, it just mm-hmm. happens to be what other people want too. But there's a lot of people that just you know they make the beer they like, and so do you they think make it's it well a brewery's that, obligation like to push like the like the limit, Johnny? Like, do you think that like like there should be a desire to experiment? Well, you kind of have to. I was talking to a brewer, a couple of brewers the other day, and one of them said something great that I keep, you know, those things you keep thinking about. It's like a throwaway line. He, but he was saying that, that, <laughs> that the craft beer industry ages in dog years. And uh, not everyone thinks in dog years, like when it comes to, like, think about your dog. Like, he's just a dog you see every day. But to him, a day is like a you know what I mean? So much more happens mm-hmm. in that time. Sure. And, 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 and things change so quickly. Like the haze thing so many wasn't more a naps. Th- yeah, the haze thing wasn't Ideally. a thing. It, 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 30, 40 years ago, like, you know, craft beer, all this. Like the idea that you're going to sell a milkshake, hoppy, bitter thing for like four times what you could sell a, a Bud Light. Like it just was insane. It wasn't a thing, you know? Right. Um, that's fascinating. And yeah, that's a, in terms of the economy of it too. Like, you know, yeah, you it was absurd. Convince but... people slowly over time, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, people weren't waiting on lines multi multiple blocks long, you know. I do like that that people can, can just make yeah. the beer they want, you know. For sure, and I should also point out just uh, to kind of like come back to our music side, that all the nonsense I was talking about with Schoenberg and Boulez and Rockberg, especially Boulez and Rockberg, the nonsense that will be your PhD, right? Right, uh, <laughs> of which you are a doctor in. Hey, uh, I, let, a let's Perry, Megan, Dan, a backup ten minutes, and then just end the podcast. <laughs> yeah, because everybody knows. What I that have a means. new concept for podcast: get people on who are getting their PhDs and get them to admit it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but. Um, <laughs> no shortage but, there. But Guarantee um, it. what was I even fucking saying? Oh, oh right. Who knows, so dude. so uh, so Bulas and Rockberg, um, like you were saying, um, you know. Oh yeah, Rockberg. They didn't. Ha- so they were <laughs> so concerned with kind of like 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 pushing this music, but they didn't. I mean, like they did, but they didn't really have lines out the door. Like even in Bulas's time, you know, that was like the Beatles, the Beach Boys. They had lines for their concerts. Right. Yeah. You know. Which is cool, I think. Um, so I kind of want to give us a little snap here. Uh, can I interject the conversation real quick? And can you're going to make something happen? Interject your own interjection. I'm going to interject something, but it's a group exercise to kind of like give us some time to think about something. So because I'm a composer, I'm um, confused, but just keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Are, are we collaborating? Is this what, we, what's happening? So we're gonna. So I'm a composer. Oh, which we, ha- we have done. We have collaborated. And we have. Yeah, yeah. Joe and I have worked Joe, on a piece before. Turn the computer a volume up like by five. You're saying this now. I'm just saying I I I'm having trouble hearing Johnny. So just turn him up now. So, it's been like two hours. So. Uh, <laughs> 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 So I'm going to completely kind of like change topics. But of course, if you want to keep engaging us, you can contact us on our social media. Like, come really and subscribe. Good. Is this his audition? And, and of course, we in, would. Are you, are you changing topics? topics? Yes, I am. Okay, let me just, if I can give um, uh, just a quick sum up to like, there's there, like, um, what uh, one of the things I love to do in life is to just make connections. I think that's part of what it means to be human, right? Make connection between things. And uh, I think when you go, I was saying this to um, Kevin Clouther when he was on, 
I was saying that that author guy. Yeah, the author guy. Yeah. Um, that that um, whether it's someone in the craft beer world or the music world, um, like Johnny, like since you've gotten into the craft beer world, um, we've been able to share a lot more like topic ideas of conversations because the way I've uh, you know been diving into music now you've been diving into beer and you have the same discoveries like the same you hit the same limit cases when you're exploring a topic really deeply you figure out not only about that topic but about humans themselves and so you set you tend to see these same patterns develop with any kind of art and um what we were just tracing was that the arc of music history followed a certain pattern and you can see the same thing in the craft beer world. And obviously the common denominator is human beings and how we tend to make things, have curiosity, uh, judge things and decide what is good, what is bad, um, group dynamics of all that. You know, it's just like a, a fascinating thing. But I think at the root of why I love art is the word truth, whatever the fuck that word means. You know, I think in the moment that I hear a beautiful piece of music or I have a Trillium Fort Point Double Dry Hopped IPA. They're from Boston. Shout out. Um, Brewery. Uh, Hashtag like, share, subscribe. That moment, in that moment, that beer is just like perfect and truthful. Like that, that's how I would say that. If you can hold your um, uh, new idea, Nathan, Johnny, I just had this question in my mind for the past five minutes. What I, I like to think of, of the flavors of beer as a sort of harmony, like a a chord, some kind of a cacophony. harmonic structure where you 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 hear the balance of different things. Have you have you um, sort of made that connection with with all your brewing experience? Ye- yes. Like thought of it in sort of like a harmony way, like oh, oh. like here are my four parts that I can play with. Yeah, and I'm going totally. to like try it's... to balance these in different ways. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, you, you know, it's the what is it the the sum of the parts is 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 greater. How's that go in? I don't remember, but yeah, <laughs> I put, think that was it. You know, the sum of the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, or however that goes. You know, it you makes know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And then no, yeah, Marty. it's it's the classic that like um, when you put all these things together, you get something that can't you can't the whole just... the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah. That's it. Joe That's nailed it. I'm Thank you, Joe. Drunk. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that and, was and that's technically I, know, I am aware. But that's technically an illogical statement, right? Because it's not that's not Very mathematically much so, yeah. true. Well, I would say it, that's it, where it, the we all art know that's that true. That's where the you art can and mix the you can mix in, yeah. uh, like bland pasta with like uh, you know just a tomato and then rotted milk from a cow's tit, and amazingly they fit <laughs> together and create this new cuisine called Italian food. You know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's just incredible Listeners and, at and home, wonderful. I do so, not put the mathematically that doesn't add up. Tomato and pasta, but with together. beer specifically. Sorry, because that's what you asked. About. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I asked him about beer. No, you're I get right. Generally, that's what I like to tell people. Like beer has cow tits. You, you beer. <laughs> you, have, you have four main ingredients of beer. You got malt, hops, yeast, and water. You know, so your malt gives you yeah. your sweetness, your coloring, and your fermentable sugars, your alcohol, and all that. Otherwise, it's not beer. And then you got all your crazy adjuncts, and you got your hops, which give you your bitterness. So you got bitterness to balance sweetness. That's two pretty big flavors. Yeah. Uh, and then yeast gives you all sorts of flavors from like phenolic kind of 
uh, uh, funkiness to like farmhousey flavors to uh, yeah. you know fruity ale uh, esters that give you like weird dark stone fruit flavors, and you balance that with the right bitterness, the right roast of malt or toast of malt or, or sure. modification of it. You get all these crazy fucking uh, variations. Sure subscribe. And so yeah, what there definitely is a harmony that? to it. Yeah, what fascinates me about that is, um, you know, I teach a lot of beginning piano lessons, and you could just um, say piano lessons. You don't have to minimize it like that, Luke. Come on. No, uh, well, say 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 I, advanced piano lessons. No, no. I mean, so I'm specifically trying to say like I Sorry. I've been doing a lot of adult learner piano lessons where they've never had any music training and. Okay. Various situations have caused them to want to get music lessons, and <laughs> yeah. the guy I've, I've heard some stories, yeah. And the guy who came in yesterday, um, uh, he was just like, "Yo, I was upstate with my friends, drunk." This sounds a lot. And like I us. was, I was, I was <laughs> playing on a piano, and my friend was like, "Yo, dude, you're playing chords," and I was like, "What are chords?" He's like, "You should take piano lessons." So that's why I'm here. <laughs> And I was like, "All right, let's let's get started." Then, fair fair enough. I was like, "I've been drunk playing piano too. I can relate." Did you say that? Yeah. Oh, he he had a motorcycle helmet. Like he came on a motorcycle. He was ready. So you're like, this guy's cool. I mean, like like. I mean, chords are the most surefire way to get girls for all you guys out there. Just true. Be able to play chords on a piano and. Yo, what's up? You want to check out my chords? I would not have found my girl if I didn't know some chords. That's true. It's true. Yeah. Just Those like D chords, how, especially how, how D cool chords. it is when somebody what was that D chords yeah. when you're dealing with <laughs> someone who who doesn't know your language at all. So there are people that don't know anything about beer. Maybe even people who really appreciate beer but don't even realize the four flavor components and how they balance. And so yeah, for, Rory G. Biff. I, it's just so fascinating that I've devoted like my entire adult life to music. And to then be teaching someone who's 45, who who has literally no, it's like we speak English to each other, obviously, but it's so interesting to have to force myself to find language well, to it's, it's funny, explain the, so I, what I actually music have, is and how it works. And the more you do that, the more you're like, wait a minute, like how do I understand it? it? Well, yeah, and and yeah. But, but even then, it's like it's like why do I understand what I understand? Because that happens even like teaching writing, where like. I'll go through rules, and a lot of them they seem like very rudimentary to me. And it's like, oh, you have no idea how this functions. And you then, say subject, and they don't know what a subject well, is. Well, that's it's what like, I mean. Well, that's a whole fucking. But then there are others lesson. where like these exceptions come up to the rule, and I'm like, wait a minute, this rule might be bullshit hmm. all sure. along, right? Yeah. And it's like it only works because it's convenient. And it's like that applies across like so many things where you hear about like you trace oh, the structural you, rules that are not Newtonian actually... physics versus quantum physics and like you know like how do they like comp like at least those are experimentally <sighs> how like, do we get into quantum testable. physics again I don't know I, was just, I wanted pick. to go there <laughs> so <laughs> I just not? wanted I just wanted to draw the connection not only is the history of the culture of music traceable to something like craft beer but the actual components of like the way it interacts with our senses and our human brains is like you have these elements and you're balancing them in some type of harmony. That's what the word harmony is. It means things are working together towards a whole and the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. I think, I think so Nathan I have has a, a question. Oh, I do too, but go ahead, Nathan. You're good, Johnny. Kill it. No, it's, it's, 
so I, I have like a serious question that has because I, I kind I of stopped that. listening to music because it when I have tinnitus at, or tinnitus, however you say, and, and whenever I try tinnitus. to listen to music, it sets it <laughs> off. But spoken word doesn't really do it so much. Conversation, it's it's sustained huh. music that'll do it. So I can listen well, to podcasts and things, but I can't listen to any music, new music, music I like, or it sets it off at some point. And so, like, what is there anything I could do for that as a music guy? You seem like a music yes, doctor, actually, basically. There are, so I feel there like are. you can help so, me with this. So <laughs> what happens in that? In that, Johnny's like, I don't want to go to the doctor. So <laughs> I don't know who this me. is as close as I'll get. Is that so? For all of you, Johnny, Johnny's willing, not willing to read user terms agreements. So for all of you at home who are oh, wait, listening, no, he's not willing to sign them. So he's going to you. So the concept. Yeah. I read tinnitus I is sign. where if you hear a sound, oftentimes a louder sound than a quieter sound, you'll get kind of a ringing that happens in your ears that you're not able to control. Now, what often causes that is because what tinnitus actually is, is how our eardrum works. It's a, a moving thing in our ear that's actually... It vibrates with yeah, the frequencies I, of vibration in the air. Exactly. And so that that gets affected the more that we put excess strain on it. Now, what can kind of cause that to act up and make what we know as tinnitus is going is going to be a certain kind of frequency. And so what I might suggest, Although Johnny... Although the, there, there is a, a brain element to it also. Like, sure. I know people but, with tinnitus who always hear an A at 440, for yes, example. Yes, but, but it does help, though, if, if you're saying that... It only gets triggered when you hear music, and it's not like a constant then thing. Then it's, like it's physically talking about. at, at the level of physical. What stuff, I would suggest yeah. is uh, to get yourself some other a stuff very good it, pair. Music always will. Yeah, um, is to get like a very good pair of headphones, either like Bose or like Audio Technica or something, just like over ear headphones. And what I would suggest, and this might sound kind of silly, but it's it's helpful. Go on to Google and type in tone generator and find something that can play you very low to very high tones and it is going to kind of suck but do an example of where you begin to hear it kick on and then you can buy certain kinds of headphones that can sort of filter the sound you're hearing to block certain frequencies really and so if you and so if you find a threshold that will often have it act up, you can buy headphones that will cut that out for Specifically you. Specifically for that or headphones that you can adjust for frequencies? Like both. you can buy both. headphones yeah. or both? I would assume both because they're probably cutting out those frequencies yeah. electronically, like not physically, yeah. you know? So there'd be yep. a way you could buy one that's dedicated or, wow, I, you know, you just don't think that there's a solution for something and it turns out there's a whole thing about yeah, it. Yeah, science is cool. Isn't it science cool? Science is like so that, cool. It's like, so real. What if you don't think there's a solution for like your kidney problem? They're like, dude, we could give you a new kidney. You're like, you could do that? Like maybe you just didn't know it's that like, you if not, If not, we got this big fucking pump that kind of sucks, but it still kind of works and it's like, all right, that's better. Than, what's the alternative? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're dead in a week. Let's do the big pump okay. thing. Good job, guys. So, I'm in for the pump. Um, whatever. Yeah. Do you have a TV Johnny, there? Remember, I'm in. Remember in Scotland, we saw that guy with the 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 bag, and he was just killing beers at the bar. Oh my god! <laughs> hey, someone's got to do it. Yes, like, the dude had like oh a my. legit like colostomy bag. He couldn't just, like, drink. We side. decided he had some type of throat or esophageal cancer. 
but he took a fucking like turkey baster syringe out of his pocket. Yep. Pulled the pint of beer into it, connected it to a tube that like ran into his stomach, and drank his pint slowly that way over the course of yeah. like three or Ugh. four minutes. He poured it into his stomach. He just poured the pint of beer, and he had like two of them, and it was just like you can try it at home by fuck? pouring a beer into your belly button. Don't do that. That's Scottish have fucking healthcare the, system. Have, for have you heard of that high school thing dude. where they they soak like. Like tampons and alcohol, and then oh, shove God. it up their assholes. Okay, no, this so guy was like, "I'm going to the pub and I'm shoving a pint of beer in my stomach somehow, even if I <laughs> don't killing. have a mouth." Yeah, um, we had to respect it, but it was just crazy to see. It was like four in the afternoon. I mean, we were on yeah, the, it was the middle of the day. <laughs> we went on like a day hike day. and we went oh, to this God. pub for like a drink, and we were like, "What in the fuck is happening?" I think that Scotch was the last day like, we were there, and I was I ate all those firecrackers. Oh, you ate all the firecrackers? <laughs> I ate like eight firecrackers. Oh my god. Uh, Anyways, yeah. let's let's go back to whatever you were yeah, talking. Yeah, Nathan, rerail. So, so, um, I have something I want to do that's. A combination of basically all that we've been talking about, and then I know that Luke and Joe and Johnny might have some more rapid fire questions as we kind of in this. I podcast, actually have but, a lightning round that I'm waiting to but do. There's, with you. But yeah. there's an exercise I want us to do because I'm a composer, and I feel that I would do a disservice to the Thunk Tank if we didn't write a fucking piece of music on the Thunk Tank. Oh man! Oh, so, I like where this is okay. going? Oh yeah. So what's going to happen here is one thing that we've talked a lot about. And these last couple hours is cow that, titties. Yeah, only cow titties. Thanks. Luke. Is that's my takeaway from the podcast? <laughs> is if you take is, away anything? Is that in in music or beer or coffee or any kind of art or life in fucking general, it is always about the person and people, as Luke was saying, and having a group that's interacting. And making choices either as a group or individually that then others are reacting to either as a group or individually. So, and that has obviously impacted music. If you look at Schoenberg and Bulas and Rockberg or in beer. Great guys. As you look at all these people. Yeah, they're great guys. Yeah. Yeah. Those dynamics are almost steering how how it works. So, what I want to do is we're going to have the world premiere of the first improvised thunk tank piece of music which we'll name afterwards i'm gonna leave it to joe Here. to name the piece that's fine joe I'll, let me I'll, give I'll you um, let up, me give you worry. a pen before this one oh, to, to write down in theory yeah, it, oh it's that kind of pen yeah <laughs> yeah that kind of pen yeah so it writes here. here's a pen joe. it writes it writes history yeah so yeah. what's gonna happen is I'm familiar with that how this works is we're going to kind of focus on it's flashing and we should call the song the Joe Hole because that's where you guys are recording. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna focus on it's, we're gonna it is focus a hole of, of types. Yeah, we're gonna of focus Joe. on on the concept of reacting to and what that does for in the moment things. So what's gonna happen is I'm going to start this piece of music, and I'm not gonna tell Luke or Johnny or Joe anything about it. I'm just gonna do a sound. Then the order we're going to go is we're going to go me, then we're going to go Johnny, then we're going to go Joe, then we're going to go Luke. Do not forget that order. Nathan, Johnny. It's counterclockwise. Joe, Luke. Right. If Johnny were there. If Johnny were the computer to my left. (laughs) (laughs) So me, then Johnny, then Joe, Luke. So I'm going to do a sound. It'll be a consistent sound that happens the same over and over. Yeah. Then Johnny is going to hear what I'm doing. 
and add his own sound to it. Now, whatever Johnny chooses to do, he's going to keep doing that same thing. So an example I'm might really be... I'm really bad at that, just so you know. You got it. You got it. So an, an it example be, might it be, be... It can be tit. Yeah. Tit. So an example... say the word tit. If, tit. Tit. If, tit. Yeah. Tit. Yeah. Exactly. Tit. 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 Yeah. Tit, tit. Oh, that's the song. <laughs> Damn it, Joe stole my song. <laughs> if I were going, yeah, like Johnny. If, if I were going, mm, 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 you could go banana, banana, or whatever. Up to I you. Right? Just like, so, then, then we had Joe and Luke. Right, then, right. once Luke gets his, and we're all making our sounds at the same time interacting, I'm going to change. Then then Johnny, in the same order, you're going to hear my change, and you're going to react to it, and you're going to change. Does that make gotcha. sense? Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Johnny's so not... <laughs> and so... And, and let me just add for the, the person listening to this final mix down, there's about a, a second delay between <laughs> words and Skype, so there, there there's going to be an interesting... That's gonna be cool. Like random dynamic concerned. of delay. There's gonna be an interesting is, random guys, dynamic might, of delay regardless. What Luke's saying is, I I'm might also, get cut out of this if he can't figure out where to link up and my so, and so, bullshit. And so, this is no, going no, to you're, happen. You're just, I don't edit at that level. I, so, I don't have time for that. None of us do. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. this is going to happen four times. And then we'll okay. Oh, and then we'll just stop. So four yeah. times. And so that'll be about thirty seconds. And so, like whenever, like the new Thunk Tank. Opener, I'm and so, sure. like, whenever someone adds something new, you can just kind of let it go as long as it takes you to add let something. Let it go. Let so, that. Let it go. Exactly. So that could be one of your songs. So, is fucker is everybody on board? I'm. On Does everybody board. get it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's all cheers the glass real quick. Mm-hmm. By the way, what's the beer we're drinking? It's a new beer. Oh shoot! We're currently drinking. We're like six deeper than that. When we yeah, started, I the last we will do we will do it. a retrospective at the end on what we're drinking. We'll, we, we'll do a quick. Okay, here we go. We so, won't. But I'm gonna start, and then Johnny, Joe, Luke. Okay, ready? Okay. Mm. 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 Do I start? Mm. Is I supposed to? Oh wait? yeah. Mm. I'm panicked. Mm. I don't know. What to do. mm. How long do I wait? Mm. 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 Boom, ba-doom, boom, ba-doom, boom, ba-doom, boom, ba-doom, boom, ba-doom, boom, ba-doom, boom, a broom, 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 a Oh, 
There we go. Hey. Oh man. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was, was the most wasted I've ever been. <laughs> and I've thrown up a lot. Um, I noticed that I was getting caught on animals. <laughs> <laughs> that looked like three out of four. And then Johnny, Johnny, I switched to my other classic problem when I do improvisation, which is I went to breakfast foods next. Wait, Luke, you did That's like three animals and one just like you slipped into tongues. You were just like. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome, y'all. Bravo. Yeah. I, Let's we're, give ourselves a big round of applause. We're going to we're going to add that to the. Uh, the YouTube channel? It's going and, uh, in the Thunk Tank Museum. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going on the okay. top shelf right now. No, but I think well, the point is We that, should do that, that every episode three times an episode. <laughs> just randomly start. <laughs> just be like, go into I, it. I see what you're saying, but I have to dis 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 disagree. And then you know it's, it's time. Yeah, and then we just go into But Johnny, it. actually, you said something right when we started that, which is like a classic thing I, I think was part of Nathan's point, which is like, you were like, I don't know what to do. And you have that, like, I don't know how to make music. Like, I'm not a musician. Like, what are you doing? Like, and then you killed it. And the point is like, no, no. If you just like do anything, especially something that would just naturally burp out of your brain and you don't get in the way of it too much like <laughs> that, like yeah. a nice, like burpy, werpy, um, you know, it, 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 there's something artful about it. Like to, I think a, a large degree, when you train yourself to be an artist, you build up all this intellectual knowledge about what your craft is. But then when you really want to like be an artist about it, you have to learn how to let go of all that control and just let things burp out from your subconscious. And um, people who aren't musicians, they think, I don't know how you do what you do. It's like, yeah, you do. You probably do it like all the, all the time in different areas, you know? And if you force them like for an hour to like take an improv class where you do something like that like what we just did people will get more and more comfortable and get more and more creative and make weirder and weirder sounds and i'll go to weirder and weirder breakfast foods you know <laughs> until you um, just, yeah. all right we have a chode beer here there is a, a very short beer what oh, the man. fuck is, is that, that Johnny, Johnny, don't i said that don't beer. Don't ever say chode beer. It is again. a chode beer, though. Look at it. Oh, I, I have like one that, in my though. fridge. I was just tr trying to think of how to describe it the other. How many ounces is it, Joe? Chode beer, six, right? Uh, it is eight. It is eight. It's an eight ounce oh, can, and it's squat. Johnny gave tiny. me this when I was down uh, at our southern. Those small studio. cans are actually kind of becoming popular. <laughs> There's a brewery up here. Johnny, control um, yourself. Let's call Interboro, it Interboro again. At that same brewery in New York, who collab with the hip hop duo, um, also released uh, an Nathan aged, will link it in the description. An worry. aged stout series uh, called Ambassador, which uh, they released in. I guess I'm gonna call them chode cans, but I don't feel good about it. They're they're really short, disturbing. Hey, there's nothing short, wrong with having cans. a chode. Like we're not disparaging chodes. It's just a unit of measurement. Like you know, if you <laughs> have is it official? What's like man. the? Did you ever read? Did you ever read Breakfast of Champions, Johnny? No, are there chodes in it? Vonnegut. Very short story. So like, yeah, by Vonnegut, it's right there. Actually, it's like 
a foot to my right. Well, like, I'm a thousand right. miles to your right. Well, so like just it's about six shows and a half. <laughs> no, so like randomly in the book, he just starts describing people as like, oh, people are like useless robots. So there's like people who are murder robots and people who are useless work robots and people who are lazy robots. And he's like, and like they all have certain size penises, and like that sort of like dictates other things. And he's like, so he'll describe a character, and it's like he's kind of being like anti kind of literary in some sense because it's normally like oh yeah let me describe their features and he'll just be like oh yeah his penis was six inches like or six point like however many inches and like like an inch and three quarters wide and like whatever and that's just how he starts describing people yeah throughout and then when he gets to himself because he just decides to insert himself like oh this is spoiler alert i should say to a book that came out and he decides to insert himself when talking about so he inserts the chode into so he (laughs) inserts himself into he inserts the chode where now he inserts himself into the book he just shows up and he's like oh yeah i'm god i'm the author of the book and he starts to like introduce himself to characters he just like destroys all the walls and but he describes himself as having like he's like oh yeah my penis was only like four inches long but it was like 20 inches wide and and it's like a point of like just like greatness to him because it's like yeah. oh yeah everybody was so focused on length but like they didn't think to just look for the giant fat penis yeah and I got it because I'm God that's so it's I need to lesson. read that yeah no it's can amazing. I trade you the vonnegut I have of yours and then take that here I'm gonna pass it to you right Yo, now fan the cool. pages on the microphone a, likes to focus on it's yeah real. can you do that yeah. I, it's a real book. I, I just it I just read like it like an old real book. Yeah, I just read it like a week ago. Yeah, you'll you'll like it. Give me back the other book, you fucking. I also have a George Saunders short story collection of yours. Do you really? Yeah. Oh, do you have Tenth of December? I. No one cares uh, about no. this. Let me so, go into our uh, my in the future. Round. Nathan, no you ready? In the, I got a lightning round. In the future, we're gonna have to have an extra episode where shit? I talk about my collaboration Wait, with an author, but we'll get to that next time. John, Johnny's doing. Are you doing lightning round? Lightning round, Nathan. You ready? You're not ready. Yes, you're once, not ready. Once, once but the beer can gets wait, going. Wait, 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 wait. Here, here it goes, Johnny. You ready? Three, two, wait, wait, one. Yeah, I have to explain the rules. Oh shit! I got beer in my eyes. Yeah, calm down. The lightning round. You get ten seconds most to answer each question with a five ten second warning. Ten seconds most, not yeah. at most. No, let's say and ten after seconds. five seconds, I, like I might that. yell for the next five seconds. So you really should try to answer within five seconds. Is what I'm saying. Okay. You have five um, seconds of guaranteed answer time. You okay. can't answer wrong, and if you don't answer, that's worse <laughs> than answering badly. All right, you ready? Yeah, he'll kill you. He'll kill you. Giving in your no sleep. answer, being like, "Oh, oh, that's weird. I don't know." You die. It's just it's it's always bad. All okay. right, yeah. Don't fuck with the genie. Ready, Nathan? Yep. Lightning round. Pick a country to destroy. Uh, Turkey. <laughs> Bam. All right. Favorite planet? Uh, Pluto. Bam. Least Not favorite planet. planet. <laughs> what was that? Least favorite planet? Venus. Good answer. There. Which breed there. of dog would you outlaw? Uh, Pomeranian. All right, that, that's a good answer. I'll take it. Uh, would that's you rather lose also, your music? Sorry, I panicked on Turkey. I love you, Turkey. It's too I'm late. Sorry. Yeah, it's too we late. Turkish They're listeners. gone. Sorry. They're gone. It's too late. <laughs> God. Uh, yeah. Would you rather lose your musical ability or both your feet and one eye? Go. Uh, both my feet and one eye. Wow. Bam. A true musician. I respect that. Would you rather fight a giraffe and you're armed with a uh, let's say a 10 foot spear or a bear, but you got, uh, no, let's say a wolf, but you get double katanas. 
I would rather <laughs> fight the wolf. That giraffe would fuck me up, and it would feel really great to kill that wolf. A it's, ten foot spear doesn't help you with a giraffe. Here you go with the wolf. Wolf with katanas. <laughs> I love how he yeah, knows. Yeah, okay. I would. Bam. Like, are you at the first? White he was Kanye? like a ten foot. Sp- what was oh, that? Shit. Are you the white Kanye? <laughs> <laughs> no. Bam. Okay. Favorite beer. That, that did remind me. Favorite oh. beer style? Ooh. Lightning uh, round. Luke, shut the out. fuck up. Nathan, favorite H-Stout. beer style. <laughs> H-Stout. Bam. Least favorite beer style. Uh, ooh, easy. Quad. Fucking hate quads. All right. White privilege. Pork. Pro or con? Privilege. Pro or con? Five, Five, answer. Four. Privilege. Three, privilege uh, two, pro. <laughs> American privilege. Pro or con? What was that saying? American again? privilege. I mean, I'm going to say pro, but I don't feel good Bam. about it. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is all of those technically correct. Well done. <laughs> okay, oh there God. you go. I told you you weren't ready. <laughs> he, did not, no, yeah. he did not break the time limit, and he gave a reasonable answer to each. Uh, you, he gave, you well, except in, the planet one. <laughs> oh, my God. You survived. Pluto's not a planet, but it was a planet long enough. We'll give it to well, it's, you. It's a dwarf planet. Um no, Speaking of Kanye favorite. West, though, it's his favorite. Like, I, I want to make sure to ask yeah, you about hip hop before we finish. Sure. Uh, ow. Uh, oh, Johnny, by the way, uh, because we don't have camera for this episode, like, you can't see us, can you? Why? What, what's happening? Oh, I just meant to say that, that we have no visual cues as we approach the end here. Are you, are you trying to, to plan your hang-up, Luke, by making sure that I can't see you try to hang up? Are you worried that I'm staring <laughs> at your soundboard right now and I can see if you move towards it at all? And I, yes. I already have my mouse over the hang-up button, been waiting for this moment. <laughs> He's not going to make it through. Are you sure, Luke, you. that before I ask my happen. big lightning round questions, He's I wasn't ready up. for this? Do you think this is I'm my first sure day, anything. motherfucker? Is that what you think? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I can tell you what I do think is when you're by yourself, the rules start to get weird. Last episode, I was yeah. by myself in my room. We genied you hard. And there was a few times where I was like, wait, am I just wasted talking to myself? Or is there really a Joe and Johnny in my phone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's weird when you're solo, for sure. Yeah, you, you, you can very easily trick your brain. You're like, what is Skype? How do I know they're real? Yeah, if I like take this the is the easiest off, trick of a. S- I'm just in my living room, like. In the yeah, exactly. Of the night. Like, you know. And the weirdest part for you, Johnny, is as soon as we win the game and hang up on you, at some moment in the. Oh shit! Wait, he hung up. That's kind of a cheap win. That is a cheap win. Interesting. So he'll get I t- the last I told word. You, I told you he wasn't gonna last. Well, fuck him. Let's talk about hip hop for like a few more minutes. Okay. Yeah. Lay it on me. Um. Shh. Anybody who's new, that is a hang-up game. It's just a way to end it because... It's got to end. We we're not going to do it congenially. End. We're not going to do it as What are we going to do? Be people. like, well, Johnny, it's been a lovely time chatting with you. Like, you know, good day, sir. We'll be sure at the vineyard. I mean, let's be honest with, with uh, people listening. Maybe they're driving to work listening. Oh, God, are they? It's almost two in the it's fucking a, morning. That's a miserable fucking commute, dude. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what, thank driving you. driving to work? Listening to us? Oh. Well, actually, on. I feel like that would be kind of uplifting, right? I've done it a few times. <laughs> I mean, I've done a lot of things a few times. 
I'm not proud of that. Um, True. So we have this hang-up game. <laughs> Otherwise, like, yeah. the conversations just don't end. I mean, I mean, I said I was going to destroy Turkey. Yeah, I, I really don't feel good about that. You didn't say hey, they were going to. You said that you would definitely, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Anytime, buddy. <laughs> we um, lost all our Turkish listeners. It's about time. Oh, God. It's only six. We'll, 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 we'll recover. <laughs> Fair enough. The internet's down there for a while. He just pumped. <laughs> um, so uh, Johnny won this one, I guess. But like, yeah, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel good. That felt cheap. The point it I was trying cheap. to make yeah, when he hung cheap. up on us was that yeah. like when you're by yourself and like you're on the other end of Skype, as soon as the call ends, you're like, wait, maybe I'm a jackass. I could have been talking to myself. You know, like if or it, I could have kept talking to my friends. <laughs> well, it feels like it feels like well, it, it's just like a trippy. I, I I tripped out when you guys hung up on me last episode. Yeah, because I remember I listened to it and you were just like you pause for like two seconds and then you just go, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my phone died. No, 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 no. My phone's still awake. It's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so before I wanted to ask you about the hip hop thing, because um, I know a lot of people that have no connection with classical music, which is, as a general term, I don't mean the classical time period of music, but just art music in general, which is what me and you study. Um, You're super into hip-hop, and I've put a bunch of hip-hop artists on my playlist that I listen to because of things you've recommended. How do you... um, Johnny just texted Joe and said, I panicked. That's all he said. <laughs> I panicked. Which sums up our points. But um, yeah, go on. How, how do you, wh- why is hip hop influential to you right now? Sure. So, so hip hop, I think, um, much more so than I think any music genre in the last 30 to like 35 years, um, has been bred and actively responds to as a need in the genre to the society in which it was bred. And I think that's an extremely endearing quality. And why for me as a composer that I listen to someone like Idea or I listen to... We'll link a few um, cool things that... Yeah, especially so, things you may not might not have heard of, like not like super popular artists. Yeah, so that we mean that, that when we say it, even when we forget. So someone like Idea <laughs> or or like like Brockhampton or like Doctor Octagon or um, you know even from the Jewels, who we said earlier, um, all these people when they are rapping, um, inevitably by being. From a certain place, their main form of expression is through text. And by having a music that is so focused on rhythm, in fact, you know, hip hop is kind of an outspurt. If we kind of go back to our earlier talk about like classical music, it was an outspurt of sort of like the R&B movement, right? And it kind of like developed in parallel to it a little bit. It's so fun to go back and listen to hip hop from the eighties, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's just, it almost like yeah, late eighties, you, you know, you have like, like DMX, you have Nas, you have, you know, notorious B I G like all these people who were, yeah. And, and, and what they're doing is they are saying these words at certain times in this rhythm to emphasize 
certain words. It's like when you're with someone, you obviously want to have a really good time with them, but you want them to kind of remember certain parts of it. Hip hop artists are extremely good at that. And I think that for any kind of artist, that is really important to kind of realize that how they are saying words in time to emphasize certain words. And how that changes the meaning. Exactly, in context, because you could say certain words, like if I say apple tree polar bear, if I said apple tree polar bear, that's going to change what that means, even though it's all just nonsense. Joe, the the Seinfeld connection to this is um, Jerry's not sure if he's invited to a party at the dentist Watley's house. Did you say, what would Jerry no, bring her? Um, and right. and um, they invent this way to figure out if Jerry's invited. They say, like, ask him, should Jerry bring anything? And the reply Watley gl- gives to Elaine is, why would Jerry bring anything? And then Jerry's like, wait a second. Did he say, why would Jerry bring anything? Or did he say, why would Jerry bring anything? Or why would Jerry bring anything? Well, yeah. And so, like, if you emphasize Jerry, it's like, why would Jerry, it means like Jerry's not invited. Why would he bring anything? Why would Jerry bring anything? It's like I told everyone I have all the food. Like you don't need to bring anything, right? Yeah. And then like, like why would insert anybody there bring anything? Yeah. Yeah. Especially right. emphasis right. can change meaning like yeah. pretty like almost opposite. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Absolutely. That's so true. And and like the other reason why I mean I could talk like a long time like about hip hop. Yeah. We should just have about, you on again. Other thing we'll about, about hip hop. Like, about episode. Other thing yeah. about hip hop. Um, thinking about the emphasis is that a lot of people I'm thinking about now, like JPEG Mafia or like Doom or um, uh, there's a lot of people. But um, we'll have you make I'm a thinking, list and just like, put, yeah, yeah, I think thinking a lot about, of people want to think about these people Spotify, who are like cool things that have gotten the checkoff mark. Like for me, when I listen to like, if you recommend a new hip hop artist, I know I could go exploring on my own. But it's kind of an unknown territory yeah. for me. And, I'm and so, like, also, when I get a good recommendation, like, I think to myself, all right, I'm going to invest the energy to really listen here and see if if, if there's something cool yeah. to e- discover. Exactly. And so, you know, all these guys I've mentioned or, like, Earl Sweatshirt, all these people are also doing something else that I think is especially fascinating, which is which was kind of, like, um, like initially began by someone like Nas and B.I.G. Mm. Um, and by even even earlier people as well um but this concept of sampling of kind of using older music or other current music and recontextualizing it because to kind of bring it all the way back around that's exactly what sort of rockberg was doing with sort of his writing of kind of pairing the new with the old yeah. which 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 as a composer to me um has been really attractive um there's not time uh, to get all the way into it but um yeah I think we'll leave we'll, some links would, below i think we'll table this and we'll definitely episode, we'll continue yeah. this on later on like for sure that, yeah um and, and i just for for me like i like just making connections in the in the different worlds that i'm that i've dived into and uh joe you and i have obviously both dived into the music world I mean, I'm sorry, into the beer world, but even before that, with music and writing, we've always yeah. been able to connect like things we're doing, which are totally yeah. separate, but they end up being pretty similar, right? Yeah. Well, especially when we get into conversations about art in general, and it's like exactly yeah, like, these with are just, Kevin. Yeah, these are just different manifestations of these same like, you know, looking at the palette of eliciting emotion, right? Sure, and expressing that emotion in yeah. different things, whether that's yeah. 
flavor compounds in beer, whether that's sound waves from musicians, yeah. whether that's words on a page, yeah. or if that's There's a lot colors and shapes too, yeah. on a canvas. And, and especially with hip hop too, you think about like the lyrics themselves and it's like, yeah, for sure. if, if you write those out even, it's like this is something that comes up that blows my students' minds where I'm like, yeah, when you're writing especially something that's not as formal, like a like a research type thing, like like a lot of other types of writing, you can like italicize words for emphasis. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, yeah, try it and then read it out loud and see what happens. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's the word I meant to emphasize the whole time. Sure. And it's like, well, yeah, because that changes the meaning. It directs the meaning of what you're really trying to say to your audience. Yeah. And it's like, that's huge. That That gives you so much more power through that medium of communication and it's it's true yeah. music too. I mean, you know, sure. and like if you say a word on a strong beat versus a weak beat, yeah, if yeah. you it's it all yeah. comes back to beat. Yeah. And yeah. the last Absolutely. thing, you know, like I wanna say like for my time on this podcast, which has been uh, it's really okay. Killer. We'll have you back on, y'all. Is is yeah, you've is done a that, lot of great. You say it that, like this is the funeral. Is that, like. That's that's kind of ultimately what all artists are trying to do. Myself as a composer, a a brewer. In their beer, they make uh, a coffee roaster. In their coffee, a hip hop artist. And in their, its purest in their form. lyrics, is that we are trying to cultivate an experience with someone else who is a part of that, with the hopes that it acts as a catalyst for them to then go and talk about it more with with other people. Agreed. And so, I think yeah. you're exactly right, Joe. Yeah, it, it, and that's so true in writing too. That sentiment. It's it's about like getting people talking. Yeah, and yeah. and how different artists achieve that comes from identifying what has been effective as the mainstream, and and reacting to it in a way that is going to get across with their sect of people, and that's how we kind of get these these branching paths. I think, yeah, which, I, I, which I is think, exciting and healthy and necessary. I and, think. and I also think the sprinkler system just went on outside. Is that it. what I heard? In I think that's our cue to, that's our to close cue. it out. Yeah. And let that me just say, it. as a performer, like, like all of those things of of your world of making, then becomes a whole other world of interpreting and like, you know, you could yeah. see musicologist papers on the subjectivity and objectivity of art. Right. When you play Mozart, do you just play it or do you become a person playing Mozart? Right. And interpreting it. And, and so many interesting conversations. But um, next time. Alas, we are out of time. Also, like the funny part is we're going to have that 10 minutes we just did. And then Johnny's going to be like, <laughs> fuck you, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, you know. like, I finally got those fucking bastards. Yeah. Like, He's probably right. eating a Hot Pocket right now or something. Uh, he's definitely like he, he's got like at least like metaphorical sparklers like yeah. waving in the air so they're, they're mostly um, hot pockets though yeah next episode you hear i'll oh, be down gonna, in north carolina it's gonna be a great up fantastic episode probably our best episode <laughs> like share and subscribe joe says that before we're we desperate here dude yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, do you know how many viewers we had on the instagram live stream this episode one how many do you think i have no idea 12 all right neither of you were right it was two <laughs> and they both left. <laughs> but one one actually talked to us, and I was like, he was like, hey, like, what's up? And I'm, I said, we're podcasting. And he said, cool. And I said, yeah, we have a real live composer here. And he said, yeah, he looks alive. <laughs> and then he left. Hey, I'll take it. <laughs> no, I mean, that's something. That's, yeah. that, that's interaction, yeah. You know. So thanks for listening. Um, yeah, thank you all. 
Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. We're Nathan. gonna be doing a lot of cool beer trips this summer, so we'll keep there's you a lot updated of cool on what we're drinking. Cool stuff going on. Yeah. Um, we'll be up in Massachusetts a lot around the Tanglewood area and getting a lot of treehouse. Hopefully, oh yeah, baby. Um, I have general plans to try and do a. We're gonna do a deep dive into Seinfeld. And hopefully with my brother, Joe, What's if you want to come up to Massachusetts on a beer trip, we can do one up there. And we had a beer. That sounds pretty that, dope, right? I was going to say, as if you needed it to sweeten the deal somehow. And we yeah. had a beer earlier that actually referenced Seinfeld Manhands. Manhands, so. by the way, was a Seinfeld reference. We'll link in the um, description. With everything else, you promised to link in the description, Luke. Do you remember? <laughs> so yeah, the, the problem I is I would have to spend like detailed hours going through it and uh, figure out exactly... Um, what I say and link it, but I think we, from what I can tell, we usually link about fifty percent of what we what we say. I would say like that's pretty 30. good though. Um, all right, so um, whatever you're about to hear from Johnny, you know, like just picture, cheap win, cheap picture win. him like a, a a small, stupid little baby who's sitting there with his little wah, at wah. least three grains of salt. Yeah. Way, way to go lowbrow, Luke. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> way to not be classy about losing on the hang-up game <laughs> that you made up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll kick his ass next time. Or- kick his ass, you bass. <laughs> Alright. Well, thank you for joining us. See you next Peace. time. Like, share, and subscribe. Those dumb fuckers. Joe was going to sneak up. I could tell it was going to happen. I panicked. I'm not going to lie. I panicked and I hung up. <clears throat> but we did a two hour recording. We'll see how much of that ends up on the cast. But thanks for listening. A lot of interesting, interesting shit from Nathan. He's an interesting dude. He is a composer. You need a certain mind, like I was saying with brewers. They're mad scientist types. It takes a certain mind to be able to make beer and be aware of all the steps and processes and all that shit. Uh, you know, composer, you got to know what every every instrument can contribute. So uh, it's interesting to hear his uh, opinion on those things and his attempt at making thunk music. So thank you for whatever the fuck that was that we did. It was fun. And, uh, yeah, uh, I feel like I, I definitely panicked and hung up early. But who cares? I won. Uh, it's good to have you guys. We'll see you next week where we might have uh, more beer-related stuff. Getting into summertime. People want to start drinking some ice-cold beers. So we'll uh, give you the nerdy beer knowledge you need or just help you kill time with our bullshitting. All right. Later. Bye.